You're listening to the Cavino and Rich Best of the Week podcast. Want to hear more? Tune in to Cavino and Rich live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch them 24-7 on demand with the SiriusXM app. Not a SiriusXM subscriber? Sign up now at SiriusXM.com. Cavino and Rich, only on SiriusXM's Faction Talk 103. Chedaptel's like, who are these bozos? <laughs> well, I'm Camino. That is Rich. What's up, man? Good Let's welcome for the first time, Chedaptel. Hey, there he is. Good to be here. I wanted to interrupt you in, in the lobby, but you're on your phone. I didn't want to be rude and, and say, hey, welcome to the studio. And we were sitting there peacefully. So I was just watching the Red Sox celebrate. Oh, yeah. I went last night. I know, man. How was that? They showed you on TV, I think, right? Didn't Here's they? the funniest yeah. thing. Every time you go to the game. Yeah. There's one moment where they just like cut to people in the crowd that people <laughs> might recognize. Yeah. The f- thing I always notice is the lack of applause when they show me. There's no <laughs> excitement in in the place at all. And uh, and so my wife and I, we always laugh about how you get so self-conscious because the camera's like two feet from you and you're like, well, what do we do? Pretend <laughs> and, and, to, to talk to yeah. each other? Do no, we wave? You, like You throw up a fist like you're at a boxing match. No, but that's always awkward like you're a boxer. Because, as you know, two or three seconds is way longer than oh. you think. The other day they held on us like 15 <laughs> seconds and we're up on the screen and I just looked at the camera and I went, too long. <laughs> Too long. Because, oh, wait, wait, think about it. This would take one second. Like, hey, like, little, hey, hey, no. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to the next person. No. No, it kept, it, in. it stayed in for so long. And so last night, like in the seventh inning, when they, you know, the Dodgers, you know, they were, it was like 4 1, but they, they still had a shot. Yeah. They cut away to my wife and I. My wife has a look on her face of just devastation, and I'm looking at my phone. And I got instantly a zillion texts like, you douchebag, you Hollywood dick. Because I'm always mad right. when I see people behind home plate. They're all on their phones the whole game. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that was you. You were the and douche. last night I looked down uh. and they busted me. Because it's in between innings. Of course. That's so the you time look to down. check. Yeah. I'm checking on my children. Of course. Yeah, which is a, a great thing you should be doing. And, and you know what, man? It's funny. I'm glad you said that because I always wonder, like, can you even relax knowing that they're going to have the camera up your nose and someone's going to call you out for doing something like that? Can you really enjoy it? when no. they're Yeah. And, and if you like watch like the Academy Awards or something, you have to realize that every time you see a cutaway of someone, the camera is like a foot from their face. So they're so self-conscious. <laughs> so like I was at the Academy Awards this year because we had the Big Sick was nominated and fantastic button. Yes, yes. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, and so the camera's like right next to my face, and your your fear is they're gonna catch you, like like if, if you're not paying attention, and they cut to you, and you're like that fucking asshole, <laughs> like you know, like, like. Well, that happens. I think like this past year, some girl was on her phone when they were doing like a tribute to like the like the yeah. in memoriam was yeah. about to play, and yeah. someone was tweeting. Like, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll always catch someone. No, you have to have like kind of a half smile the entire show, <laughs> so no matter what happens, yeah. you look positive. It's so weird. You know, I feel like you get a perspective that no one else really gets. We were talking about it uh, before. For example, I'm sure you've thrown out a first pitch at a Dodgers game. No? If you watch my Netflix special, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I tell the story. It. That's right. It's a, one of the disasters of my That's life. That's right. Of course. He has a whole <laughs> story about it and your big return uh, to Netflix, which was great. There's a, there's a feeling that, that that people get that when they throw a pitch or when they throw one back into the stands that someone's going to scout them like, oh, who is that guy? <laughs> right? Who has that rocket of an arm? That's not what I thought. What I thought is, can I not... 
try to throw it straight and have it go like completely to the left. Yeah, I know. I know. I, all I wanted was to go straight, but I didn't get all the way to the plate. They said to me like, it's weird when you're on a mound, you'll throw it into the dirt. So you have to like aim higher than you think you should. <laughs> right. And I did not. Yeah, yeah, and so. it hit the damn dirt and rolled How embarrassing. Well, yeah, you gotta just make sure it's not terrible because the terrible ones live on, whether it's a Baba Booey or yeah. a 50 Cent or someone that they will just My, never go away. Yeah. Mine wasn't bad enough to become legendary. Right. It was just kind of it hurt your feelings. Yeah. Oh, oh, but, but anyway, <laughs> you I know, left feeling like a failure a little bit. I know where you're going with this analogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you when you go to a ball game, let's say you have the chance to throw out a first pitch or do something like that, everyone has this weird feeling of, oh, maybe someone will notice me. A guy <laughs> like this you, is my I moment. Yeah, I imagine every I'm old. every comic <laughs> or actor or actress that bumps into you. Do you feel? Do you get the sense that they're hoping like maybe he sees something in me? It's like a weird vibe that people throw out around you. I. I know that happens sometimes. I try not to tune into it because then I'll feel like no one likes me for who I am. Right. No, that's what I mean. Like, how but do every you once know? in a while it happens. Right. And sometimes it happens with like a very established person, someone that like you're terrified of. Yeah. And you realize, but they're looking for a gig because it's there's not that many good gigs out there. Yeah. There's not that many good movies. So that's what I mean. Like, if you're looking through the eyes of Judd Apatow, there's some people who are like, "Hey, man, nice to meet you." But then there's a lot of people. It's going to be funny. Here's my moment. Yeah. <laughs> they're putting on Here's somewhat of an audition a little bit which has to be weird for you because you have to figure out what's real and what isn't don't they, and they don't realize that the only people i'm interested in are the ones who've given up all hope <laughs> those are the ones, no, I'm, those I'm, are the ones. I'm looking at all the stuff that you've oh done, my God. Judd, and it's endless you know what's what's crazy is that lately the things you've been doing that have been fantastic are all over the place like doc and daryl i i totally oh, yes, forgot yes, how much right. i love that that man. was yeah. fantastic that's that's not a typical judd apatow project well, you know, I'm from New York, from Long Island, and so when uh, Doc and Daryl started playing for the Mets, that's, that's when I was in, like, 11th grade. Yeah, it's your and primo so time. I went to an enormous amount of those games, and so we started working on this documentary, me and my uh, partner, Michael Bonfiglio, who's a great uh, documentarian, and it was intense because it was about, you know, guys who were ill-prepared to be mega superstars in New York. And they had, you know, major addiction problems. And oh, it was fantastic. I, you yeah. know what I learned from that one? Uh, I, I think that's when I figured out or found out that Dwight Gooden never made it to the parade. Isn't that where we learned yeah. that or yeah. no? Yeah. Regretted I it, it the rest of his life. Yeah, I don't think I ever knew that little fun fact. I read fact. that in the, uh, what is it, the Bad Guys 1. Yeah. The, the, well, Rich is a diehard I'm a, Mets I'm a huge guy. Mets fan from yeah. Long Island. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me, that, that was fantastic. Doc and Daryl, The Big Sick, which... That we, I mean, we we read those commercials for a good month or so. Because <laughs> um, you couldn't say his name, remember? Yeah, yeah. Um, Nanjiani. I was, I was like, a, he's not Italian. Like, Who's this Italian guy? <laughs> Nanjiani. Like, Kavino, he's not Italian. Nanjiani. And uh, close to your heart, Kavino yeah. grew up a huge Pee Wee Herman fan. Oh yes, man, yes, we did was, that, was that a, was that cool to work with Paul Rubens? Oh my gosh, we made a movie for Netflix, uh, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, and. With no, Joe Manganiello. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, to spend years talking to Paul Rubens about Pee Wee Herman, there's nothing more fun. But what's interesting is when we would talk about it, and when he was writing it with Paul Rust, yeah. the star and creator of uh, of Love, with with his wife Leslie Arfin, yep. um, 
Uh, he uh, would never do the voice. He never did the voice. So we would talk about it. Wayne. Well, Pee Wee could <laughs> do this, or he could do that. But he Pee-wee. never would, like, do it. Right. He would never be Pee Wee. And then one day, you know, we go to the set first day, and he's in the suit, and he's doing it all day. And oh. I was like, this is heaven. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. I, bet I love it. You know what it's sort of like, uh, I mean, not to try to name drop, but when anytime we're with Henry Winkler, oh, yes, like yeah. he'll once in a while he'll throw like, hey, let me tell you, and then he stops. He'll get into character. <laughs> he'll, yeah. he'll say, let me tell you something, Cunningham, and then, yeah. then he goes back to Henry Winkler. Hey, Richie. <laughs> he'll do an hey, Richie. You're like, oh, oh there it was. Keep coming. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Rich is a big diehard yeah. Mets fan. I'm a diehard Pee Wee Herman fan, yeah. just so you know a little bit. So the last couple of years, you've really yeah. made us happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so happy that people loved that, that movie. I loved it. Because your fear is you're going to make... A, a bad one, and and people really love that movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix, and uh, well, you know it's what the, really good. I, I watched, you know, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was a classic, one of my favorites growing up. Then Big Top Pee Wee, I never even watched the whole thing, and I was mm-hmm. I was way into Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. So that when that one came out, and I loved it, I was like, oh, I showed it to my kid. I showed, you can watch yeah. it with your parents, yes, and no one's yes. offended. It was it was fantastic. Uh, but you know what? You you bring up Paul Rubens. Uh, we're talking about all the different movies that you you've done, yeah. and. Uh, Rich and I had a theory, like, how do you get so intertwined? I know you've been doing this so long, but I feel like you got a knack of intertwining and, and mingling with all the right people, or do you just make them all the right people? Like, how does this work in your mind? Because Rich and I yeah. have been working in radio, right, and, and entertainment for over 20 years. Yeah. We don't know anybody cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, no, you know, like you hear stories like, oh, you were roommates with Sandler, and then yeah. you hang out with Paul Rudd, and oh, you're, all of a sudden you and Seth Rogen. Like, is it just coincidence? I think that I come to it as a fan. So I'm, you know, both in hiring or just generally, I appreciate people who are really funny and talented. I would, uh, you know, I guess I have good taste in people who are funny. Mm -hmm. And an eye for it. And so so then it just starts adding up. But but I literally would meet people. uh, So if I meet, you know, Seth Rogen, and he's a kid, he's 16 years old. Uh, and I, the same thing with Keenan Thompson was in Heavyweights, this Disney movie we did a long time ago, when he was 16. And and I just thought, if these guys were in movies, I'd watch them. Right. And it's as simple as that. I wish there was a movie starring Jason Segel. Oh, no one's going to make it? I guess I'll make it. You're making and then, it. Wow. And, and luckily, these people are so talented and have you know great stories and ideas that they come through. But I do look at it like i'm just a fan i just want to make the things i wish existed but, but you're so connected and intertwined with so many cool people and, and rich mentioned the uh the, the adam sandler story how you guys were roommates at one point yeah. which you know looking back that's amazing that's just a crazy thing because both of you guys are, are so successful in what you do so my question is you know i know you guys are friends and you co-write and you and you probably root each other on but is there a competition because you sort of started in the same place like a friendly yeah. Even subconscious competition. Well, I think uh, I used to be annoyed um, that uh, women did not like me and liked him. <laughs> uh, so when we were young, I would always say to him, I'm pretty sure I'm better looking than you. <laughs> so there was that. Just, just me. That way. Yeah, I would just be like, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Because he had so much charisma. Right. So even when no one knew who he was, if we went somewhere, you know, very quickly... The room would gravitate. So what you're to saying him. Sandler's a cock block is what you're saying. <laughs> well, it was more like I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get anyone to be interested in me. Right. And you know, men, women, he just had the charisma of a of a star. Right. I mean, that right. is why he's he's a star. And um 
and I did not. Right. You know, I, I just did not. <laughs> and so that was the thing where I was competitive. Like, right. why do people like you so much? But you know, he, it's the likability factor. We just did you watch his uh, recent Netflix thing yet? I, it, it was uh, unbelievable. Although I performed on one of the tapings. The song Station 69, which Rob Schneider did. Yeah. And I'm going to say it right now, I was better than Schneider. No way! So I, didn't need, Wait, to, so I did... didn't need to fly in on a wire. Oh, you did the same exact thing? Yeah, because no? we, we've sung that song a, a lot together. Because how Adam started doing stand-up again is I started doing it again after two decades. And I told him, I said, it's so much fun. You have to perform live again. And I convinced him to show up at Largo in L.A., and he had a good time, and I'm like, it's so fun, right? And then he got addicted to doing it again. And I, I was at a bunch of the tapings, and the special, Sandler special, yeah, it's is great. amazing. I thought it was fantastic. It really was. By the way, there's got to be something so addictive or special about it, because there's, there's no need for Judd Apatow to just go jump on stage. You well, can, we you love can... comedy so much, and so Do you feel pressure? Better. I mean, cause you can, I mean I'm sure there's pressure when a movie comes out. I feel but... like an inner pressure to be good. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing it. But if I feel like I'm not as strong as I want to be, I, I feel like, you know, I got to I got to focus and well, write, write jokes. And, and that's that's fun, though. It's fun to to like want to be as great as all these people you're seeing. If you go to the comedy store, or the improv on any night, it's Maria Bamford and Bill Burr and, and Joe Rogan and, and everyone is murdering. So yeah. it's fun to go, you know, I'm a successful person, but can I do what what they're doing? And so. You know, I'm about to go on the road. I'm going to uh, Milwaukee on uh, election night at uh, Turner Hall. I'm going to be in Minneapolis the night after that at uh, the Pantages Theater. Uh, and you can get tickets at juddapatow.com slash tour. And I'll be there with Ian Edwards, who's amazing, an amazing comedian, and Wayne Fetterman. So there's nothing more fun than being around people and not just alone in a room with an editor. I'm, look I'm looking at uh, some information on you, Judd. When it, they, they break it down, director, producer, writer, actor. And yeah. I think the average person's like, all right, well, what 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 does that all mean, right? Yeah. There's certain movies where, oh, he was the director, but not the writer. And then he's the producer, but not the director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, I mean, he's involved. You're, yeah. you're, you're involved. Is there yeah. is there something that the average person doesn't know? Like, listen, directing's the biggest pain in the ass, and I, I prefer to just write. And is there, a, break that down for a second. Because producer, writer, director, I think the well, average person's a little confused. Well, sometimes... You're, you you know when you're a producer you feel like I can help make this great but I don't think I'm the person to direct it so this amazing director John Lee directed the Pee Wee Herman movie for Netflix and I just thought I don't think I'm the kind of person that knows how to do that this type of imaginative filmmaking I do a little more of a realistic style and so I'll you know take myself out of it yeah. while supporting it as a producer and getting them uh, their budget and being tough on the script and the edit. And so with each project, I, I try to figure out, you know, how can I help? So sometimes uh, I do a lot. Sometimes I do very little. You know, it's interesting on that list. You just read that you didn't yeah. say comedian. There is nothing that's a comedian. <laughs> no. I know how 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 yeah. much you love comedy. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah, there yeah. a part of you that that feels like fuck? I'm a well deep no, down. No, I'm, I'm saying, really I'm a comedian for each project. Right, he's been I know. In, it'll I know. be like uh, cable guy, right. director. No, but he produced and wrote it. You know. Well, I think. Um, you know, stand-up was always my first love. I got into it because I was a kid watching stand-ups on The Tonight Show and The Mike Douglas Show and and 
I'd watch Seinfeld and Leno when I was a kid, and I just thought that would be the most fun thing ever to do. Well, let me see if I got this right. Remember when you were a kid, Rich, and, yeah. and you would watch uh, the Mets or whatever? Yeah. You'd, you'd find their address somehow, or and you'd like reach out to the players, write them a letter, and if you got someone to respond back, that was like the biggest deal of ever. I think I did that once, and I think it worked. I think I like Bobby Meacham of the Yankees. Remember? <laughs> yeah. I think he responded, replied back to me. I was so excited about it. Isn't that the approach you took with comedy? Like, didn't you just start? I did it with the Mets. Too. You did? I, I, my grandfather. Hubie Brooks uh, sent them an autograph. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, 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 my grandfather had some meeting with the Mets and he got me an autograph ball or something. And so one day me and my friend said, let's go see if we could find that guy. And we knocked on the door of the Mets' offices when we went to the game and he did talk to us. No shit. And then I. Use that contact to get an interview with Mookie Wilson. <laughs> no way. And so when Luke. I was in eighth grade, yeah. I interviewed Mookie Wilson for my junior high school newspaper. And I was always of that mind to try to figure out if you could get to people. Right. And that's why when I was in high school, I started a radio show where I interviewed comedians. And I interviewed Steve Allen, and then I interviewed Howard Stern and John Candy and people like that. And it was my way of asking people, you know, how do you do it? Right. And I didn't. I interviewed Harold Ramis. How do you do it? And he talked about writing jokes for other comedians when he was first starting out. Like he wrote jokes for Rodney Dangerfield. So when I first started out, I wrote jokes for like Jeff Dunham and Peanut. <laughs> like I wrote jokes for you for didn't people. write jalapeno on a stick, did you? Uh, I wrote for the, if, no, I wrote for the old. You. I wrote for the old man puppet. Oh no way! <laughs> That's cool. Um, but. Uh, but I did. I learned things from doing these interviews when I was 15, 16 years old, and that's how I got in the business. Now, now but hold on, Rich. Yeah. I'm wondering, since people were so kind to you, a high school guy reaching out, and they were, yeah. do you do that? If uh, you know, Do you take the time? I, I try to. He's like, I'm here right now. You buzz up. <laughs> no, but I like yeah. to like a, a high school kid. If they reach out, like, do you now feel like you owe it to, to some younger guys? I, I do, but here's the, the difference is that when I was a kid, so this is around 84, there was no uh, satellite radio. There was no podcasting. There was no internet. So no one wanted to talk to comedians. When I used to call a comedian, no one had ever asked them to do an interview. Uh, so if I asked Seinfeld wow. to do an interview, other than maybe some radio to promote a show, no one was interested in anything about them. So they were pretty open to talking. Now, everyone in the world has a podcast. Yeah, So they're true. just fighting off interview requests. It was, I think it was easier back in the day. Without a doubt, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at some of the movies you've done, and it's not some; it's a million of them. So, is it hard for you to really look at the landscape of comedy over the last ten or twenty years when most of these are your movies? Like we we look at things a certain way, like oh, when we were kids, uh, the John Hughes movies. Then you know, then you get into the uh, the Farrelly brothers, or you know, yeah. Sandler and his crew, Happy Madison. Yeah. You're you're like a chapter of people's lives that's still going on. Is it hard for you to actually acknowledge that? I think you're always terrified that it's over, and that's what keeps you going. Right. Because it doesn't matter how many you've had that have been good, it's not going to help you make the next one good. Like, the work that you have to do, uh, it, it's, the, it's the same. And it doesn't give you an advantage. You, you know, I always laugh about the fact that, you know, if you're a band, you could just go out and play all your hits. And at some point, if you can't write any new hits, people don't even care. And you just go out and play the, you know, your your ten good songs and your MC Hammer, and you just play for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's a crazy phenomenon, right? But it, with it, but with us, like if you're a comedian, you're supposed to throw out your act after every special and write a new one. And if you have a movie, you're supposed to make a new one. You can't do greatest hits anymore. Right, right, right. And so you're always terrified 
that you've lost your edge, that you're not funny you're anymore. You're not connecting. And that makes you work yeah. your ass be, off. You're right. It's like a musician that says, do I have another song in the tank somewhere? Yeah. You Is never it, know if oh, you're like, uh, you know, Ario Speedwagon and your last hit was, uh, you know, a while ago. And so that's, but I think that's fun too, because you can't get lazy. And mm-hmm. that's why I think me and Sandler, you know, got excited to do stand-up again because it forces you to be connected to the audience, to you know, to be current, and uh, and to you know, just not sit in your house. You know, it's uh, it, it keeps it fresh because if it's not working, it gets quiet. It gets quiet. Is, there, is there a concept or I guess a storyline between be, in one of your movies that was the one that you always had a vision of making? Because I'm sure some of them came to you as you went along. Was there one yeah. when you were a young guy like, I got to make a movie about a guy that does this or a woman that does this? Well, I, you know, one thing that we're doing now, we have a TV show on HBO called Crashing. And it stars Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes yeah. this religious guy who becomes a comedian in New York. And uh, we have a new season coming up in January. Uh, Amy Schumer is in an episode and John Mulaney. And, and it, it's a lot of it takes place at the Comedy Cellar in New York. But I like that storyline because it does show you the, the journey from being terrible and first starting and what the steps are to try to enter that world, to try to get accepted by those people. Right. Because until you're funny, comedians <laughs> don't want to talk to you. So that's the other side of it. Like, you're not even allowed to, like, hang out until people respect you. When he was here, he, he spoke highly of you. Oh, yeah, he, of course. He talked about how, like, he was amazed that he got a meeting with you, and then very quickly it sort yeah. of moved along. Well, Pete and I did a podcast. I was asked by his manager, who's a friend of mine, to do his podcast, and I had never heard of him because I hadn't been following comedy at that time. I, it was before I did stand-up again. And I went into this podcast in Austin in front of a crowd, and the other guests were um, Chris Gethard and Kamel Nanjiani. And Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Yeah, the Italian guy. <laughs> and, and I didn't know any of them because I just wasn't in, in the stand-up world at all, and I wasn't paying attention to any of it. And what's weird is now, seven years later, I have a TV series with Pete. We did The Big Sick uh, you know, with Kamel. And Chris Gethard, I produced his... Uh, HBO special, uh, Career Suicide. So it was like the most productive podcast of all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, say. <laughs> That's incredible. What about uh, what about Amy Schumer? Um, the story goes, you heard her on Stern? Yeah. And, I, and took a liking to her story and everything? Well, what was weird looking back was, I'm pretty sure I had never seen her do anything before that. I don't think I had seen her stand. Right. Or I, I, don't, I don't remember, but she was talking about relationships and telling funny dating nightmare stories but also talking a lot about her dad who who has ms and she was so darkly funny but also very loving about it that i thought i've never heard anyone talk about this issue of you know caring for someone uh who's who's uh uh, you know struggling with something like that and it felt like a movie i just thought this sounds like a movie and I had her come in, and we worked on another movie for a while. And then one day, what's the approach though? Tracking her down, you just have your person get in touch, and yeah, I said, you know, I just said I wanted to meet her. And then one day we were on the phone, and I just said, yeah, maybe you should do something more personal. Uh, why do you think you're having trouble in your relationships? What do you think is going wrong? Like when they crash and burn, why do they crash and burn? And she started talking about it, and we we thought, like, uh-huh. I think that's I think that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Trainwreck. I remember coming back saying it was fantastic. I'm, I'm a fan of Amy Schumer. I love the movie. Two things that I noticed in that movie. LeBron James. I was impressed with his acting. I thought yeah. for, for, for for sometimes athletes fall flat. Yeah. I thought he was actually, I was like, yo, LeBron's got some chops. It's shocking. It's shocking how <laughs> funny he was. Because he hosted Saturday Night Live, and he was really funny. 
And Bill Hader was like, yeah, LeBron? LeBron's got he some moves. It. He's funny. So we go out uh, to lunch with him one day to pitch him the idea. Is that still weird to you? You're having lunch with LeBron James? Well, that's the main thing. That's the main area I'm uncomfortable in. I'm not comfortable with athletes because I'm such a nerd. I always pick last in gym <laughs> class. So I, I, I feel like whenever any athlete looks at me, they're just like, look at this little look at this guy. peon. He couldn't even reach uh, to home plate. Yeah, like I don't know, I don't know enough of, about any of the games. Yo, like, what's I don't, up, twerp? Yo, what? <laughs> so even though they are nice, yeah. I have the insecurity of like a weird kid who right. can't like throw the ball well. And so we sit with him at lunch. And we, you know, and it's scary, you know, because it's LeBron. <laughs> yeah. And he, and they had a game the night before, and he's exhausted. It was interesting to see how tired he was, and then all the other guys on the team were in the same hotel, and they would pop by during the lunch and say hello, and they all looked wiped out. And I thought that was fascinating. Like you never think about the next day what it took out of them. And then we started pitching him the basic idea, which is in all these movies, like when Harry met Sally, there's like a buddy, and it's always like Bruno Kirby. You know, or Carrie Fisher <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. And we're like, what if the buddy for no reason is you? But you're LeBron James, but he yeah. doesn't treat you like LeBron James. He just treats you like his buddy. Yeah. And you you're hang the out. Bruno Kirby. <laughs> That's you so know? funny. And then, you know, and like you're, maybe you're like really like cheap with your money. And right. you just pitch like stuff that's not what you're like. And he thought it was so funny. He just got the joke of it. And then when we showed up on the first day, take one, he was hysterical. And I love how you incorporated, as our producer Spot loves to say, when New York is a character in a movie, essentially. Yes. Yes. Great backdrop. Just, I love how you threw the, the Mets in there, the Knicks in there. You, you, yes. do, you, do you get a kick out of that? Do you need rights for that, by the way? If you're like, hey, oh, I want to. Yeah. Is that a pain in the ass? Or it are people is. usually cooperative? No, I mean, I had to call you know, the head of the NBA uh, and talk about the movie, and people wanted to be. Uh, appropriate, you know. I've never done a movie with the NFL. I think it's very difficult mm -hmm. to get the NFL to to do a movie where you can goof on them a little bit yeah. because they seem to have problems, more problems than other sports. Yes. Uh, you know, we worked with NASCAR on Talladega Nights, and you know, it, it, we we were in a very deep conversation for a long time. So much involved about it, and uh, and we were able to work through all the jokes with them, and they turned out to be great. But it's it's real work because they're all very uh, touchy that you're showing their sport in a good light. And gotcha. I'm also thinking just how gratifying it must be for, for these ideas that you have and come up with to come out and you be so proud of them, everybody liking them and everything. Yeah. So there's so much involved. Now you got this uh, digital download yeah, coming out tomorrow. The, the Zen, Zen Diaries. Diaries of Gary Shandling. Yes, tomorrow, so, right? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's. I guess it's going to be out the 30th. Yeah, right? Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. Is that tomorrow? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's almost Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Halloween uh, Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, we did this documentary about Gary. It's a two-parter, kind of like you know the Bob Dylan documentary or the Eagles documentary. And we just thought, you know, if the Eagles are worth two parts, we're worth two parts. Yeah. And Gary, you know, he was my mentor. He gave me my first job. My first job was writing the Grammys. So I wrote jokes for him for the Grammys, and then he hired me to write for the Larry Sanders show, and then he asked me to direct it, and I never directed. He just walked into my office one day and went, you're doing the next one. And that, he, he believed in you. He he saw something in yeah. me and a lot of other people. And, you know, he was a bit of a tortured guy at times, and he had a lot of trauma in his childhood. And he really tried to turn it into pleasure for other people. Like his pain, he turned into creativity. 
And it, it's kind of an amazing story, his life. It's very inspirational as well. And so uh, you can, uh, if you don't have HBO and you didn't see it there, you'll be able to download it on iTunes and other platforms. And you yeah. talk to everyone that he, he touched along the way, like uh, uh, Jim Carrey. Sasha Jim Carrey's Baron amazing Cohen, in the documentary. Uh, John Favreau, Jay Leno, all these people yeah. uh, for Gary Shanley. It's pretty awesome. By the over way, I, I, know, I know you got to get out of here. Before you go, though, I was just thinking, you said it's, oh, it's tomorrow's October 30th. Wednesday's Halloween. Yeah. Mind blast to you when you see people as characters you created on Halloween. Well, like you, like your, mo see... your movies inspire a lot of Halloween that costumes. That is true, yeah. The ones I see the most lately is very small children dressed as the, the Pineapple Express characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> For some reason, people like to dress their like eight-year-olds as uh, pot Pot uh, dealers. Well, uh, Judd, uh, you know, I appreciate you being here. Guys, check it out. The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. And uh, you're always welcome back here on the show. We Thank appreciate you. it. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. So, it's, uh, there's so many. It's, it's a roller coaster of emotions, Rich. Kind of like our show. Hi, and, Jody uh, Sweden. How yeah. are you? Hi. What do you think? Good. What do you think? Are you grossed out or fascinated by pimple popping videos? Oh my God, it's fascinating. Oh, it's fascinating. You're a freak. I uh, no, but like girls are into. It's we're weird. Okay, we're weird, and we like to pick at people like monkeys, and that's yeah, it's weird. I shared one on my Facebook page by mistake. Though. I meant to send it to my girlfriend, and I shared it for everyone to see, and everybody loved it. And everyone loved it. So yeah, now, now see, it's like, that, maybe right. I should have I mean, shared it. No, our our uh, head makeup artist yeah. on uh, on Fuller House is like obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> like obsessed, yeah. and like she follows all the people Dr. on the YouTube. Pimple and that, Popper and yes, all that like shit. all of that. What's it's the fascination? Really, it's so weird. I don't know. There's something deeply satisfying it about is. like watching something like that. Yeah. Well, it's welcome. What are you? What is? But yeah, well, yeah. But welcome. Hey, Joey, sweet and everybody. <laughs> she loves the pimple popping. Hey. We met in the hallway before. So. Yes. Hey, Spock, yes. So that's we're world pals. That's where you play the Fuller House theme that I had your pull up before. Hey, Jody, did you witness? Did you witness Rich trying to pal around with? With Judd Apatow, I did. I, I, I when they we were out there we, taking pictures, we powered around. What's what? What are you saying? No, Would you, her, were you trying to watching. give him your phone number? Was yeah. it? Uh... No, we were saying how. What about you? Because here's an interesting thing. <laughs> He's like, what, what about me? No, 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 no. Because this is interesting. You, you've had a, a hell of a TV career. When you see a Judd Apatow, is there a party that's like, oh, if I pal around with this guy, who knows what could happen? No, you don't I'm be in, not that You don't want to be in a Judd Apatow movie? I would love to be in a Judd Apatow movie. I love him, and I, yeah. I mean, I would have said, I, yeah. I'm just not that she person. She would have said I'm, something if Rich didn't take up yeah, all the time. Yeah, if you weren't hogging up all the time, <laughs> I could true. be starring in a Judd Apatow movie. That is true. I'll forever blame you for that. Um, no, I, uh, I'm just, I'm not that person. Like, I don't, I don't look at people as like opportunistic. I don't know. I'm hey, I heard weird. a fun fact about yep. you. I don't know uh -oh. if this is true. No, this oh. is cool. You're the only person on the cast to be in all of the episodes. Is that true or is that not true? I think all of us have been in all of the episodes. I don't know. It says here on this little piece of paper that you're the only one. I was in every one. Huh. Sure. Spot true spot. Well, wait, hold on. Because you can but go, go, yeah. go to do you the mean, cast. Do you mean that in every episode of, of Full House of and Fuller House? And Fuller House? Mm -hmm. Well, I think Candace would have been too. Maybe not Andrea, but and and I know like John, Bob, and Dave and Lori only come back to Fuller House once in a while. Once in a while. So but between it, you but, and Candace, between right? me and Candace, and I, unless there was some episode where she got sick or something and was written oh, out. Man, so it says right here. I mean, hey, Cody I'll Sweet take it. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. I'll take it. Fun facts about myself that I didn't know. Where's yeah. IMDb? IMDb. IMDb. Yeah. Well, IMDb is. I know. They're so true. It's true. If it's, <laughs> it's, true. On, if it's on the yeah. internet, it's true, you guys. So, Jody, I had a, I had a uh, random thought about you. You know, we, we a lot of people grow up 
feeling like they know you. You're that right. type. Like you have a specific type of celebrity, right? Because you've been doing it since you were a little kid. Yeah. And you grew up on TV and people grow up watching you. Full House is one of Rich's favorite shows Poor, of all I mean, time. How could it not be? Right. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, she's never seen an episode according to the fun facts. I, you know, I, I, Okay, I've never watched That's an entire not a fun fact. episode like <laughs> all the way out. through of Full House. I've seen like bits and pieces or whatever. Um, I've watched you know a few episodes of Fuller House like when we'll go for like a preview night at Jeff Franklin's house or something like that. I have watched some yeah. of Fuller House. I don't love watching myself. I, I'm super critical. Right. Um, so I'll watch bits and pieces enough to know like performance wise. And when I was a kid, like I, I just was out there playing and having fun. Like I wasn't really worried about performance wise. Um, but I will watch enough of like a film or a show that I do to like kind of get an idea of what I'm doing. And then I'm like, okay, I don't need to see any more of me and my head on TV. <laughs> right. it's You've had just enough. enough. You've lived it. I've had enough. And you lived it. Right. And it's kind of, yeah. I guess there's awkwardness involved in that, right? right? Imagine seeing videos well, but then of again, you as a maybe, kid all the time. Maybe it's not the awkwardness. Maybe she's like, she lived it. The same way you listen to our radio show all the time. I never do. Not because I'm right. not because I'm weird about it. I'm in my mind. I'm like, just like I did. I did that. Like, I was there. I, I'm. I did it. Like today's show. That's like Pee Wee Herman. Remember, remember, I lived it. <laughs> exactly. He didn't, watch the, he didn't watch the movie. Exactly. Yeah. I, we hung out with Joe Apatow. We're hanging out with Jody Sweden now. After t- the show's over, I lived it. I don't need to. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. You'll know. Yeah, you'll, maybe you'll, you'll catch something you didn't pick up on the first time. I don't you know? know. Well, my point is, you have a specific uh, type of celebrity. People feel like they know you, uh, and I'm wondering, like. Even someone like, uh, give me someone like super uber crazy fan, like like a Britney Spears or something yeah. like that. They right. must come to you in a way like, oh my God, like you're thinking, well, Britney Spears, she's super duper famous, but they see you in that light. And, you right. Know, I mean, I have, yeah, I have had people like that come up or like, you know, you find out that, um, I, I remember finding out that um, the Obamas were, hu- their kids were huge Full House fans because right. I think John went to some event at the White House when Obama was president and he was like, oh my God, my kids are obsessed with your show. Like, we've watched your show all the time and you're like, oh my God. Like, if, you know, you don't think about it, but people that are my age grew up watching this show, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, yeah, and we were in their living room like every Friday night and then the show's never been off the air. It's always been in syndication. It's been everywhere forever. <laughs> yeah, it's such I a mean, crazy thing, yeah. man. Like you're, you, all the, everybody, basically everybody has grown up feeling they they've seen you grow up right. and, and feel connected to you in a way. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a huge compliment for me. Like when you know people are like you you were my childhood. Like you watching your show reminds me of everything that I liked about my childhood. It, it, that's I mean, that's pretty cool. Not many people I think really have the opportunity to like that's kind of what they're. Yeah. And, and listen, here's another huge compliment. You look fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it prob- life wouldn't be probably as awesome if you didn't for you. <laughs> like, I, no, honestly, because because every I mean, I when, mean when, Fuller, when, Fuller, when Fuller House came back, the 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 vibe among men was, damn, look at Jody Sweden. You look great. And I and <laughs> I think you. that no, but I mean like honestly, you were you're around the age. Uh, I'm a little older than you. I did the 20 year reunion last year. Okay. You, you know. You go back to these reunions and you see people from your childhood, right, and right. not everyone holds up. That's true. They, they're I, not. The, the, somehow the, the you and Candace, both of you look fantastic. Yeah. Somehow the Full House cast, like we all fared pretty well. There's not like uh, hello, nobody. Stamos. Stamos. Yeah. 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 Lori Lachlan is, I mean, amazingly yeah. gorgeous. Like, you know, we we all did pretty well. So Wait I think we're. I don't know what was in the water. Even or like Dave what Coulier we... is pretty pretty handsome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, you're right. That whole cast. It's true. The whole cast, like, it, there's not. You know, there's some casts that you look at that maybe like. You're like, oh, what you're happened? Like, oh, well, maybe not. But like our cast, everybody still looks pretty. Yeah, you're right. What were you guys drinking back then? I don't know. That is that is true. When you really were to think of who looks best from then till now, it's definitely. I think we have the answer. It's It's the the whole cast. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you start doing the show again, did you ever in a million years think I'm going to play Stephanie Tanner again? 
Because I, I'd imagine... No, I never, I never in a million years thought we would get the opportunity to do this. I mean, it was something we talked about for a really long, a really long time. Um, but it's more of a joke when you're having those conversations. Like, wouldn't no, it be it was, fun to get the gang back together? No, because we never stopped hanging out. We, we're a family. We're like, I was at Bob Saget's wedding last night. We're like, we've been close. Wait, Bob Saget got married last night. He did. He got married. No last way. Night. Oh, oh, congratulations. Um, but uh, you know, we have been uh, like really, really close si- since you know I was five years old. These people have been my family. Right. I've spent weekends with them. We've gone on vacations together. We've done. We've been through births and deaths and weddings and divorces and everything. Um, so it wasn't more like you know, oh, let's see everybody again. It was like we see them all the time. I think it was that we realized as a cast that there was a huge fan base out there that would watch what happened to these characters 20 years later. Like, people were constantly like, what happened to the Tanners? We, we, we want to know. Like, we would love to see them all grown up. We'd love to see what happened. We'd love to see their kids And now. everybody still looks great. And that right, had to be yeah. part of it. Had, I listen, mean, we, <laughs> we took a picture. We took a picture recently, like, with people we worked with 10 years, like, right, not, right. not that long ago, 10 years ago. Right. And we didn't realize one of the, pe- one of the people in the picture let themselves go to shit. Right. And that per we felt bad because that person, every comment we didn't realize was gonna be like, what the fuck happened well, to that right, person? Right. That's not the case with your like cast, that, right. right? That's a factor because if let's say like uh you know something bad happened to you know Bob right. Sagan or something he was like uh, imagine if right. Stamos didn't have the hair. Right. Like, imagine if Stamos was right. bald the show wasn't gonna right. happen. No, exactly. It would never happen. Um it, so but funny. yeah I mean you know that we knew that there was a lot of people out there that would love to watch the show uh-huh. and so when we went around pitching it um, what was the I, catalyst? Was there was there another reboot that did well? And it's like, all right, now no, we, we were kind of the first one. I, yeah, man, yeah, you're we right. were kind of the first one that yeah. really that that was really hugely successful, and um, and I don't think anybody really expected that. People were like, oh, it's Fuller House, isn't it? you know, whatever. And we were like, we told you guys, like, there's a huge fan base out there. Like, trust me, it's people amazing. will watch it. And it's not even just here; it's like worldwide. I mean, the Japan audience like loves Full and You guys, you guys got a free vacation out of that, huh? Right. Oh, it was amazing. What was that? Season two or three? The, uh, was... season season three. three. We yeah, did yeah, we, we did the the um, wedding in Japan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we were there for like two weeks shooting, which was amazing. Uh, but I mean, we got off the airplane in Japan. And it was like you know, two hundred people at the airport waiting for us, like super excited that we were there. We, you know, they would like find us and start bursting into tears and crying that you know they but they've watched the show for like 20 years and they love it and to think that like something i did as a kid and now as an adult has had such an impact on people like in a completely yeah, other so country far that away. <laughs> yeah we were in a cab in japan and they have the tv screens and full house was on but it was like the dubbed japanese version so we i have a video of me and dave Poulier and candace cameron in this van cracking up hysterically <laughs> watching ourselves speak Japanese Funny. in these little tiny voices yeah. that don't sound like us. It was amazing. You ever meet the person that does your voice? I did. No I did. Way. They actually, when we were there, we did some press in Japan uh, when we were there and uh, we got to meet the actors who do our voices. And the cool thing is, is they dubbed our voices as kids, whatever, 20 years ago. It was the same. And they, that's the same people that now do our voices as adults. And they have become this really tight knit family just dubbing over the voice, and they were like something about like doing the show really wow. brought us together. Wow. It was like, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's the hilarious bootleg Japanese so right. tanners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gotta, and they, but they were that. so excited to meet us, and it was really sweet and such a compliment that they love playing these characters. Hanging out with Jody Sweet, and she's got a new movie we're going to talk about, but you keep talking about this family vibe, and, and you definitely get that. You could even watch these shows with the family, which is fun. Yeah. I watched them with my daughter, and you know, there's something safe yet funny about it and nostalgic right. and all that. I read again, I don't know if it's true. 
but you're closest, even though everybody family, you're closest with Dave Coulier. Is that true or um, is that not true? Yeah, I am actually, I'm really close with Dave Coulier. I would say like now me, Candace, and Andrea are like the sort of the three sisters and mm-hmm. we've always been, Candace and I have always been super close and had like a great sisterly relationship the, uh, complete with like driving each other nuts when we were young yeah and then finally getting over it and like now we're you know like sisters what is it about Dave though because we uh we had him on the show and he was kind of a lovable dude He's right just, we like him I, so much. I, I don't know like so I, I'm really good friends with his wife too and he I, he lived nearby uh, so I, now he's, he's since moved out of state. Um, so I'm sad I don't get to see him as much. Uh, but I, yeah, I just, I would bring my kids over there. Like they, they were kind of hosted a lot of stuff, did a lot of barbecues and, you know, swim parties and get togethers and stuff like that. So I just kind of always was taking my kids over there and we were just really close. And kind of like uncle Dave. Yeah, he is. That's <laughs> what I call him. That's my kids. I'm like, we're going to uncle Dave's house. Like they, my kids know all of these so, so it's not just an family. act. And you know what? I think mm-hmm. that's what translates uh, on screen. I think that's yeah. why people really get it. And, and yeah. you know, it's like you and I, we're really, we're not just hosts, we're friends. Yeah. So I think that's what people like no, about it our is, show. No, it is true. I think, and I think that genuine, like, love and caring about each other really comes through. When you, uh, when you, when you do the show and you're fr- hanging out with all these people, right. are you amazed that, uh, like, for instance, we, when the show came back on the air, mm-hmm. Andrea Barber, the play, Kimmy yeah. Gibbler, right? Yes. She's so good. She's it makes you, so but it makes you funny. wonder. Like, was she just not interested? She just in didn't want to do acting? it. She want no. Because she just wanted to go do like her normal life. That's that's a, that's amazing yeah. that she would make that choice. Honestly, it's sort of yeah. a cool choice. No, because- she was like, I'm good. Like, I, well, Candace and Andrea too. When the show ended, they were like 18 years old. So mm-hmm. they were. Andrea went off to college and like went and did that, and that was kind of her thing. And then she got married and had her kids and just lived like her normal life. She's incredibly intelligent and smart, and um, you know, tra- traveled a lot and did all that stuff. And she was like, "No, I'm good. Like, I don't need to do anything else and audition and do all this." And I did a little bit, you know, here and there. Um, but you know, we, it, it's so funny to watch her come back as Kimmy Gibbler. Cause, and she <laughs> jokes about it. She's like, I guess Kimmy's just been like living in there this whole time. Because if you met Andrea. <laughs> She's not like that. She could not no be way, really? further from Kimmy Gibbler. So it's Rich just really kind of like the guy yeah, version. I'm sort of like the annoying guy version. And like Andrea's so not like that. She's so down to earth, so normal. Like wears, you know, like sweatpants and a t- right. like doesn't dress crazy, doesn't like none of that. So it's just fun to watch her okay. bring this person out. Take us behind the velvet rope real quick, guys. Yeah. It's, oh, it's did you, you say behind the velvet rope? Behind the velvet oh, rope. Oh. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh. Now, hanging out with Jody Sweeten on the Cavino and Rich Show. Again, Entertaining Christmas is the new Hallmark movie we're going to talk about. Behind the velvet rope. Oh. <laughs> Since you guys are, you said you're like sisters, right? Yeah. You guys are just hanging out. No cameras are involved. What's that night like? Like, is everyone in sweatpants, eating ice cream, hanging out? Pretty bullshit. much, like, yeah. Like, like watching it's, what? Like, give us the, like, what would you guys do just, if you were hanging we, out? Well, usually, like, we'll go out to dinner or something. Um, and, and a lot of times it's if we're traveling for press or whatever or just hanging out in somebody's dressing room. Um, it's usually ridiculous amounts of laughter. Like, we make each other laugh so hard. Um, and we just have fun together. And then there's just real, like, genuine moments of, like, going through life stuff and whatever and talking like you do with your girlfriends. When you, but they're when, like my sisters. I mean, right. I can tell them anything. When you were going through some tough life stuff, were they, like, were they there for you during all that? That's we just, I life? mean, we've all been friends for 20 years. Like, we've gone through so much together. I mean, we've gone through, you know, people losing parents and, yeah, you know, worse. divorces and weddings and, right. all, I mean, all, all the good and the bad of life. Like, we've all kind of walked through it together, which is pretty amazing. And now, all your, all your, do all your kids hang out and play with they each do, other? They do. They yeah. do. Uh, Andrea's, you, you force them to like each other? I, yeah, right. No, Andrea's <laughs> daughter, Felicity, and my, my older daughter, Zoe, are like best buddies and so they'll come and hang out on set and my kids are rather unimpressed with the whole like 
television part of it now. Like at first they're like, oh, this is cool. Now they're like, uh, we just want to go hang out at craft service and like go hang out with the kids on the show. So <laughs> they're yeah, they're pretty much over. No, like, the, uh, the the impressed part. The new cast members, meaning the people from Fuller House that weren't right. on the original. The the guy that plays uh, Kimmy's husband. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, Juan Pablo. Yo, I adore the, him. Is he like the most charming, likable dude? He really dude? is. Like, he's I, I, so sweet and wonderful. I just adore him. He's great. I mean, We're really lucky at the people we've brought in. Again. They fit right in. They fit right in. And, and we've gotten really fun, sweet, kind, genuine people that have been well, right. welcomed That's the key. It. You don't want to ever yeah. mess with the chemistry, right? right. That, that was... Was probably the key yeah. there, and and I think we're very as a cast very protective of it too. Right. Like, and it, you know, I mean, I've talked to Juan Pablo and Adam Hagenbu, who plays Jimmy Gibbler on the show, my my boyfriend, um, and Kimmy's brother. You know, they were like intimidated a little bit by it because they're like, you guys have known each other for thirty one years, yeah, and coming into that is like, I mean, it's you know, it's sort of daunting. But they're like, you guys are so wonderful and welcoming, and, and we're like, well, you guys are. Pretty easy to get along with, so you haven't made it hard. Jimmy Gibbler. He was uh, so great. The, the, Adam uh, is so, he's so, so great. Well, Juan Pablo, is he still on Dance with the Stars? Or yeah, is he, he is. I was going to say, he's, uh, I saw you guys supporting him. Yes, yes, I know. I'm torn because I'm supporting Keo and Juan Pablo, who are both still on. So you, you, what season were you on? That was what? How many years 20, ago? 22, 23? Yeah. What, like is, how much pressure ago. is in, involved oh in my that? Gosh, it's so crazy. How did you feel about doing that? I loved it. Did I loved you? it because yeah. I, I like for me to get to dance like you know six, seven, eight hours a day. Yeah. I was I was in heaven, but it takes its toll. I mean, you go from like you know sort of working out normally and whatever to like full athletic dance training <sighs> for three months, seven days a week. Do you no watch that breaks, back? The, did just to see how you did? Oh yeah, that. Well, that I would watch. When we were doing rehearsals and stuff, and like, yeah, that to I would watch. And... Right, right, right. And it's always so frustrating, like, when you watch yourself, particularly dancing or doing something, you're like, no, that's not what it was supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could take that screw. Yeah, well, can, yeah. you, can you take Bruno judging No, right. I don't think I could. That was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. I don't know. And anyway, you finished sixth or something, right? Uh, it, yeah, did, sixth. And, but it was, I, I got eliminated and then started right back to Fuller House season three the next day. So it really wasn't. It was fun. The timing of it worked out well because I was not sure how I was going to do both shows. Jody Sweeten hanging out with Cavino and Rich. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Jody Sweeten. When they, yeah. when the uh, when Stamos, Coulier, and Bob, I know, and Bob Saget, yeah. they're they're more not cameos, but they're more here and there. Right, on right, right. They House. come. They, we call them legacy cast now, now, and they come back for like bits and pieces. Do you guys get a kick out of it? because as a fan of the show and I watch and support because I you know I grew up with yeah. the show. Um, when I see Stamos come onto the set of Fuller House, I feel like. He's like in on. He's like breaking the fourth walls. I say all. The, I feel like right. John Stamos walks on. He's like he's just handsome. Walks out. He's like have mercy, and then leaves. Right. Like is, does, right. Is, do you guys joke about that? Like come on, Stamos, come do your have mercy. Well, hair, no. Like. I mean, it's sort of like I think the thing about Fuller he's House is we haven't like we have had those moments where we kind of break the fourth wall. Yeah. We're very we're self aware in, in a tune, way. You're in tune with that. Right. We we sort of will poke fun. There's been you know moments where we've poked fun at ourselves or sort of made referential you know jokes about you know full house. House and, and things like that, um, which I love and appreciate because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, we get it. We get what we are. We get that, you know, we're not, this isn't Breaking Bad. This isn't, you know, some sort of like really in-depth dramatic show, but it's a show that people love and feel familiar and comfortable with. And that's, that's just as important, you now, know? When you, when you go back to a character, like you said, Andrea is not like Kimmy Gibbler in real right. life. I think Stallone said this in an interview once where it was, it's easy for him because, you know, Rocky was in 76. He's doing Creed 2, which comes right. out next month. That's, we're talking, you know, 30, 40 plus years right. playing the same character. Yeah. 
who did like even Steve, uh, Candace Cameron's boyfriend? Uh, yeah, Scott Winger. They come back, and you feel like you could just jump right back into that yeah. character. Or did you have to like say to yourself, all right, all right, I'm not Jody. I'm I'm, I'm Stephanie Tanner again. No, like, was there a moment? Stephanie like, and I are very similar in a lot of ways, so it's yeah. not it's not like a huge okay. stretch, you know? Pretty simple. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just as long as we go out there and have fun. I think that's that's the most important thing. So uh, let's talk about this movie too. Yeah. This uh, Hallmark Christmas film, Entertaining Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how does something like this? Is this something you auditioned for? Or your no, cast I actually I started working with Hallmark. Uh, gosh, this is this is my second Christmas movie for them. But I've you know I've done a few Hallmark movies and um, Candace, hosted some things. Candace does a bunch. Yeah, Candace does a bunch. Lori does a bunch. Uh-huh. Um, and you know they've been incredibly welcoming to me, and, and that's got to be cool though when, when you don't have to audition. They actually just yeah, want they you come to, do to me. It. Yeah, ac- absolutely. I think Hallmark is you know they're really smart about knowing that they find actors and actresses that have a really great following mm-hmm. that their fans love, and they know that they'll watch them in whatever movie they do and whatever right. TV show they do. So they use them over and over again. And I think it's, it's really fun because yeah. you know they they've tapped into the audience where they, they've realized that fans just want to watch the person like it's sort of you know they love the stories and they love the comfort and they love the you know tradition of it and all that the christmas movies and the spring love movies and whatever but they just like the, the people. Is this going like to make Rich cry? Is this movie going to make Rich cry? Because he, he loves I, to cry at Hallmark It will pull movies. on your tender my, little heart. Yeah. My, <laughs> my wife will make fun of me. My mother, I, listen, there's, there's people in my life that you soon discover who the Hallmark Christmas movie oh, yeah. people are. And yeah. listen, I'm one there, of them. It's like about. hashtag Hallmarkies. <laughs> listen, That's what it is. I'm I'm macho enough to admit I love this shit. I will. St- it yeah. starts what? November 1st? I won't start that soon. Right. But, but they have the, the whole weekend countdown. after Christmas. Yeah, the countdown of Christmas. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing some stuff for that today. Um, I I, I I love it. I love being Puts a part of the Hallmark mood. fan. Put you in a good mood. It really does. It's it's sort of very similar to what I do with Full House and Fuller House in that it's entertainment comfort food, really. It's something <laughs> that you can watch that just, you know, nothing tragic is going to happen. Right. There's not, you know, no one's going to get hurt. No one's going to be upset. No, it's just and there's it's no easy. Cur- there's no cursing or nudity so I can right, watch it with my mom. Right. You can right. watch it with your mom. No you surprises. Watch it with your kids. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not Game of Thrones. Like nothing, you know, you're not going to go, oh, right. wow. Like, pause, pause. Right. Is, is Game of Thrones your shit, though? It is. Uh, <laughs> what, what, it else, is. what else is your shit? Uh, I'm currently in uh, uh, season two of Making a Murderer. I like uh, oh. I like oh, yes. true is crime. Good? Is it as good though? Is it as good? I'm, I'm like hesitant it's because a I'm little, like, you know what? It, it's it's a little more um, uh, like the minutia of it and the minutia of sort of the mm-hmm. you know all of the little nitpicky things that went wrong in the trial. But I love that stuff. I hear his lawyer is uh, pretty bad. Oh my god, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, you know, so watch en- watch Entertaining Christmas on Hallmark and okay. then go and watch you know some true no, crime you, you documentaries. Got a, you got a lot going on right now. You got the movie, but even to have like a, you know, series on Netflix nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest shit you can get. It really you know? is. So you're sitting there, you're it watching really Making is. Murder, but you're a big part of that, right? Well, my Four kids. You know what's funny now. is is now you can change like your icons for your um uh for your account on right. Netflix to like different pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my kids thought it was hilarious to change it to me. <laughs> so oh, like my uh, my account. Is my picture, yeah, and my kids wow, were like, my kids were like, there's really only a few people that can do that, and yeah. I was like. You know, you're right. That's kind of awesome. That is pretty cool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you know this. Not only the uh, Obamas are fans of Fuller House, uh-huh. uh, so is Steve Avery and uh, what's his name? Uh, Brendan Dassey. Oh, really? They love, oh, they love Fuller well, House. Then, uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He, he might be. We don't know. Right. Do you like Full House? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, oh, but yeah, it's it, you know it, it's been fun being on Netflix so and I, sort of extending that. I have a question, Jody. I don't yes. even know. I could be way off because the, the Hallmark Christmas thing. I, I do watch them. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But I'm wondering. We always talk around holiday time about how hard it is to crack the Christmas code. Meaning every year people make Christmas songs, but only right. certain ones sort of last next year. Right. Right. Like and and we always say one of the greatest ones in the past twenty something years was. The Mariah Carey one, yeah, like that yeah. was a recent song, yeah. or somewhat recent, recent, like twenty five years, yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. That recent to, uh, the right. code, you know. Right. It's like it's part of the tradition now. Yeah, is that sort of the goal with Christmas movies too? Because they're always made, but maybe some could crack the code and last and be the next. It's a Wonderful Life, right? You know? Yeah, you never exactly. Know. Right. Um. Yeah. Or Home Alone. Or right, you know right. that there's there's those definitely those Christmas movies. Um. I'm sure the same I think applies. Hallmark, Hallmark knows like they are just building their repertoire of like. A lot of different Christmas movies with, you know, again, there's the same people that they use in a lot of their movies. So people get excited every year, like, what star is oh, going to be in what, what movie the... that I like? You know, it's going to be me or Candace or Danica McKellar or, you know, whoever it might no, but be. But there's one other girl I love, and she was on Walking Dead a couple of seasons. Redhead, uh, baby. Oh, Alicia Witt. Alicia Witt. Do you know Alicia Witt? She's in a lot of them. Uh, I, do, I know her name, but I don't. I'm, uh, yeah. But you know, there's a rotation, and now you're in the rotation. Yeah, which is I'm in the rotation. Awesome. I'm very, I'm very happy and very honored. Like I said, homework has been an incredibly welcoming thing, and I get, you know, people love love these movies. And this movie, I really I, was fun for me, particularly for the story because. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, she's in the all of them too. Um, uh, because it's all about, you know, my character, her mom is like the Martha Stewart-esque person. She has a brand of like her own, you know, she's got a magazine and you know, all this Liz Livingstone. And I am I play her daughter who works with her and all this stuff, but she decides to retire and name me as like the person who's going to take over. And I can't do any of it. I can't make a bow. I can't make a gingerbread house. I can't do anything. So I'm like in this total panic. And sort of the, the story throughout the movie is... Me trying to cover up and pretend I can do all this, and then at the end just going like, you know what? I can't do this. I'm not. I'm. I'm not my mother. I. I don't know how to do all this, and that's okay. Christmas isn't about that. Christmas is about all of this other stuff, and that's kind of me. And I really related to it because I'm. I am not a crafty, cookie, chefy little like Christmassy person. Like I just I don't do it. If I can't buy it, my my kids said one time like if mom can't buy it on Amazon, she's not doing it. And I was like, you guys know me well. Fair, fair. Right. Um, so I, I love this because, you know, so much of the time we do see these movies about like everything is perfect and everyone can do everything perfectly. And this one, you know, the main character's like, I can't. And, and it's okay. <laughs> we awesome. can still get to have Christmas. I was reading a synopsis of, of yeah. the, you know, the story. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought, I thought this was her personal life story. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, I didn't know she was the daughter of a famous lifestyle mogul. <laughs> You're so dumb. Right now. By the way, you, you, you nailed it when you said you are, you're like the comfort in our lives. We're yeah. thinking about Fuller House and these holiday movies now, the Christmas movies. Hallmark, this one is going to be on December 16th, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to be part of the whole build up to Christmas. Yep. The whole countdown, countdown to, to Christmas. Countdown to Christmas, yep. Which is, which is crazy. Honestly, it's such feel good stuff. So I don't care how macho you think you are. This I'll stuff will make you for sure. Good. You know what? Everyone, beca- I, I always like to say that everyone yeah. kind of becomes a kid at Christmas. Yeah. Like you get excited and to see Santa. You course. get excited for like Christmas Eve. Like you just do. And the, and the fun of it is that there's spoof, there's spoofs online, and because you, you're right, the, the best part about you is that you don't take it too seriously. Have oh my god, the, no! Have you no. seen the Hallmark holiday spoofs where it's like someone must throw a snowball, right? Yeah. Someone oh, must no. become a Scrooge and then Absolutely. discover Christmas. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, and I think we we get it. Like and like I said, like I'm, we're all very aware of what Fuller House is. We're all very aware of what the Hallmark movies are, and that's like it's okay. It's okay to just have like fun. 
warm, comfortable, safe television sometimes. Like the world is a very crazy place at times. So to be able to be a part of things like this that just make people feel safe and like everything's okay. It's good. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. At Jody Sweet. Yeah. We got to get out of here. Yeah, right? yeah. I know. Thank uh, you for saying so much. Uh, my pleasure. Yeah. Absolutely. Cavino and Rich. Best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Let's all take some notes right now because where was this lady years ago when I needed her? Yeah, information you could have used yesterday. But then again, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I said true. everything happens for a reason. <laughs> or as Fred Durst says. Hello. Hey, let's welcome for the first time on this show. I mean, after 11 seasons, it's about time for the first time. It's... Dr. V, everybody. Hello, Dr. V. Hey. Hi, 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 hi. Thanks for having me. Thank nice you. Thank you. you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes. In the hallway taking pictures. Yes, hi. She's a big star. Oh, you guys She's are the best. The show. Oh, you're so sweet. We're really not. We're trying to be. We're trying to take our lives like <laughs> well, Dwayne the Rock Johnson level, but we're not there. You're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Yeah, but it's not good enough. You know, we're trying to be it's great. Good, not good enough. No, it's not. Do you, do you want to talk about that? We did. No. You know what? We, they- we, were, we were talking about, uh, <laughs> before we walked in, we were talking about discipline. And, oh, yeah. And in relationships, in fitness and everything, mm-hmm. that I think the average person has very little discipline. Mm-hmm. And that I think that is why not everyone is in the shape they want to be in. That's why people struggle in their relationships. That's why people That's are not people what they want to be career-wise. People are willing to want to fix the problems at hand. It's easier to call it quits nowadays than actually try to you know, work things through. And that's why I commend mm-hmm. what you do and, and, and the uh, straight talk you're given about the bad advice that people are following. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And you know, when you talk, what you were, you were saying about discipline, um, you know, a lot of people, because we live in an age of instant gratification, right? Yeah. You can get anything you want with a swipe right, a swipe left. You can get sex. You can get blowjobs. You can get Amazon Prime. Yeah. You can get whatever Wait, you... They sell those on Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Prime, Prime, next day. Sometimes same day. So it's like, you know, you can get whatever you yeah. want. And so it, it's, you know, and by the way, like that speaks to our human nature. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what we have to do is when we're thinking about discipline, what is your larger goal? What is your goal beyond hmm. the instant gratification? Larger goal. Let me write that down. <laughs> larger goal. What is your larger Happy goal? Happy penis. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but like if you're, so for example, um, if you want to get into shape, yeah. you have to say to yourself, I am going to endure 45 fucking minutes of hell so that I can reach my larger goal. And by the way, once you get there, 99% is showing up. Just show up. Yep. Once you get there, you'll be lifting those weights. You'll be doing what you need to do. You know, here's Silence. the goal. You ain't <laughs> um, it's I'm just how hard it is. is. Yeah, it, it's not. It's all easier said than done. But you're right. That's how it, it's it's done. You know, it would be cool since you know you talk about love and relationships and and you you do it on marriage on TV camp. and yeah. marriage boot camp and all that stuff. Is, is how do you keep a relationship to where it was in the beginning? Oh, in impossible. The be- many would is say. it or no? Like, can you recreate okay. that spark? Can you get so- it back? Is so, everything so, in the beginning so awesome? Okay, okay so so here's the thing. In the yeah. beginning, th- there's there's two phases of love. Um, then and then again, these are just theories. Um, that your brain is on love in the beginning. Okay. Uh, notice I'm saying on love because it's like being on drugs. It is. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And and whenever I see someone acting bizarre, I say one of two things. They're either on love. On drugs or both, you know, what I mean? like, because it makes us do 
incredible things. It gets us excited. It makes us feel good. So you have dopamine coming out of your brain. Your receptors are going crazy. And then you enter the second phase, which is in love. Then you're in love. Okay, then, on love and then in love. And, okay. and, 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 and in love is, that's a verb. You do love, right? Mm-hmm. You take action to love. Um, and a lot of people don't think of it that way. You know, love is created. It is co-created. Love, <laughs> exciting <laughs> and new. We started the show off. <laughs> we're expecting you. We started the show off with that today because you were on and we knew we'd talk yeah, about Throwback that. Thursday. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. Throwback Thursday. We talked about that exciting feeling, you know, exciting. in the beginning. And you want to keep that for as long as possible. Right. Well, of course, because you're on love. So what's, what's the key? How do you stay... Then how do you stay in love once okay. you're in that zone? Oh, here we go. Yes. Exciting, Exciting and new. Dr. Venus Nicolino. Come Dr. V is here on the show. By the way, you smell fantastic. Oh, thank and you, you look great. I mean, oh, we got Thank you. Wow, you guys are we awesome. We know it takes a lot of discipline. It just didn't happen. So congrats to you. No, I will say that I, I, I'm very lucky that I have good genetics. So some of it did just happen. Okay. Um, well, that being forget you then. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's thanks, Mom and Dad. Right, right. Dr. V on the Cavino <laughs> and I, Rich Show. You know, I have so many questions for you. I, I do want to start out with, because you were talking when we were, when we were uh, swinging from The ro- the Rock's junk before, saying how he's the, the Rock's man. Johnson? The, yeah, because we were saying The Rock is like one of these people that everyone loves. Yeah, and we're right? Saying, he's so likable. When you're a celebrity... Is it? Is there so many more ass options that we can't even comprehend? And are are, are certain celebrities pushing away so many people, so many so many options that are being thrown at them? You deal with celebrity couples. Is mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems actually mm-hmm. wanting to settle with one person? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it is a numbers game. Mm-hmm. So the more options you have, the more complicated it can get if you don't know what you're looking for and you don't know yeah. what you want. You're DJ Pauly D. You got all these chicks at the club that would get with him in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Do you have to brainwash yourself to, to almost say, this is just not good? Like, I, these other women are just bad news or these other guys are bad news. Is that Do you have to almost brainwash yourself? Well, again, it goes back to the higher goal. What is it that you really want? Like, do you want to be fucking around with all these other girls or guys for that matter? You know, if it says, like, is that what you want? Um, Or do you want to have a loving relationship? You know, it, it, something it, real and meaningful. Something real and meaningful. You know, something real. But don't you have to get the other stuff out of the way first to Absol- finally want that? I totally believe that. Okay. I totally because believe that. Say, yeah, but where does that stop, though? I feel I feel that way too, right? People say, "Oh, when I was uh, when I was younger in my twenties, this that mm-hmm. I, you know, did a lot of fun things, got it, you know, got it out of my system." And mm-hmm. I'm, I always think to myself, "It's not really out of your system. You just contain it later. Like you mm-hmm. you find a way to not mm-hmm. go that way." Well, that's true to a point. You know, there are very specific developmental lifespan, and I don't want to bore your listeners, um, but you do enter certain specific stages of your life. So right now, mm-hmm. how, uh, can I ask how old you are? Yeah, I'm 39. Okay, so you're 39. Are you married? Do you have kids? Yeah, married with a daughter. Married with a daughter. Okay, yeah. so before before her, you were in your sex, I mean, you were in your romantic drive. You were looking for a mate. Mm-hmm. In our 20s and in our 30s, we are in our romantic drive. Yeah, yeah. We're saving all of our sexual energy for that one person. Then we have another drive, a sex drive, that pushes us to fuck as many people as we possibly can. Yeah! And so, 
And so society forgets that we're human. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it depends also on your thought of marriage. By the way, your voice is so sweet that when you say that stuff, it sounds really, it sounds romantic. (laughs) I think you're giving dudes a slow roaster right now. You try to fuck as many people as possible. (laughs) You make it sound nice. (laughs) You make it sound very, you make my 20s sound very sweet. (laughs) So, uh, thank you for that. I'm just going to carry on. Go on. So, I, 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 it depends on where you are in your life. And also, too, you know, this idea of marriage. M- marriage. Notice she said idea of marriage. Yes. Ah. It's because it really, a marriage is an institution made by men for men. Men benefit from marriage. They benefit financially. They benefit physically. They benefit health-wise. They live longer, ten years longer. Really? So yeah, but I feel like women benefit about, from divorce. But when so it only, okay, it only that's means out. you know what, yeah. and that and that may be true. Yeah, invented um, by women for their benefit. And that may be true, um, because but 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 think about it. So I'm always fascinated as to how we've, as a society, convinced men that that's not what they want. We've convinced women mm-hmm. that they are not good enough unless they have that. I'm sh- I, that, that that blows no. my mind. That is interesting because men. It was created by men. Men benefit from marriage. So I'm always shocked huh. by that. You're crazy for that one, man. <laughs> do, do, you think, do you think... I don't know why we would do, want do, that. Do you think as, as time goes on... Because I feel like you're seeing more and more people with arrangements or situations or or different styles of marriage. I agree. I, do you I, think I, it's an, a never-evolving ever thing? Okay, absolutely. Because at the end of the day... Even though marriage is an institution made by men for men, we are meant to couple, right? Mm -hmm. Meant for some kind of coupling. Right. Um, Whatever that might look like. And at the end of the day, whatever works for that couple, um, and as long as it's not hurting anybody, we should be celebrating. But we're such a judgmental group of fucks. Yeah, right? yeah, we are. We're such. Yeah, we are. A, we're so judgmental of other people and how they're doing it and why they're doing it. What's right? What's, what's wrong, wrong? What's you ideal? Do that. Yeah. What's ideal and this and that. At the end of the day, nobody can say what's ideal. Only that couple. So you're hmm. right. There yeah. are difference. Like just as if we're redefining family, we are also redefining marriage. Very interesting. Yeah. Dr. V is here. Now, it's happening. I, you're, I got so excited I got lipstick on this. Oh, it's oh, okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, your book, Bad Advice, How to Survive and Thrive in an Age of Bullshit. I feel yep. as though there is a lot of bad advice. Yeah. What what comes to mind, not to list it off, but what are, what are some of the things that make you cringe when you hear people spew out? Okay. Um, expectations lead to disappointment is one of my all-time, I can't stand that. I can't stand so it. Because that's, that's setting up people to have low expectations, well, well, right? Or, or Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I agree. So, like, by, by the way, I'm going to steal your hope. I'm going to lower your expectations. Expectations are your greatest potential self. It's mm-hmm. not that we can see the world as it is. It's that we can see the world as it isn't. That's what makes us great. So when you say to someone, and by the way, yeah. I had a, a, a woman in my office who husband didn't acknowledge her birthday, and she said, oh, well, expectations lead to disappointment. Fuck that. 
You deserve somebody yeah. who acknowledges your birthday. I, I hate when people say, uh, oh, you're married now, so uh, mom, you're not going to have as much sex, or you're not going to this, or you're going to get out of shape. That defeatist attitude. That defeatist attitude. It's like I've these negative ninnies. Like, I negative ninnies, shut up. Well, you know what that is? It's all We talk about all the time. It's the projection that people throw at you because their marriage is boring and, and, and lame. Yep. You know, and, and we hear it all the time. That's another thing. How do you keep that spark alive? You know, and mm-hmm. I do want to focus more on, again, the bad advice that people give. Mm-hmm. We get asked that all the time. I don't know what advice to give because mm-hmm. it's always the little things. You know, women want the little things and guys never know what the little things are to make them mm-hmm. feel excited again to mm-hmm. get sex in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But one of the biggest complaints that we get here on this show for years is that the sex goes away once the, uh, I don't even know what phase of the in love, mm-hmm. out of love that would be. Uh, not true. I've been with my husband for 22 years, and we have a lot of sex. Yeah. Um, and, and good for you. I don't feel like I don't feel the need. Like we 22 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. in today's yeah. world, you. that's yeah. they can't Thank let that one go by. That's Thank like you. that's a hundred years in today's world. Um. So it's and 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 it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I feel. Uh, I mean, when you are having sex with someone who knows every single nook and cranny of your body and they're not scared of you and you're not scared of them. What you can do is amazing. I mean, it can be really exciting, um, but you have to build the love and the trust to get there, right? But you're saying 22 years. I'm mm-hmm. wondering, in that 22 years, mm-hmm. the the excitement of something new, mm-hmm. that's just... That just, you have to try to maintain that, or is that just gone forever? The, the, the whole, what would you say, uh, on I, love, I, on I, love I, sort of... I don't feel that... I've never felt the need to keep something going. Like, when you have the right mate, like, when you mm-hmm. have that person, sure, you're going to experience peaks and valleys. Let me give an example. I have two boys, and after I had each one of them, I was... My husband, don't fucking come near me. Don't touch me. I think you're gross. I'll take it for the team if I have to, but I want you to know that's why I'm doing it. Right. Because we're very open. We're very honest. Yeah. yeah. And and he respected that. And that went on, by the way, for a good six or seven months. And I thought you were going to say years. No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I mean, you're hot. He has yeah, to like deal six with or six seven months. months. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and then after like six months, or maybe actually it was four months, I had my second kid. So, right, okay. so, so but it's, it's something that I do. If you have the right person, you don't need to, quote, keep things alive and keep it, you know, sure, do new things together, explore. You should want to get to know your partner. I, I think you touched on something we, we, you and I debated recently, yep. Rich, here on the show. You know, people want that same feeling all the time. And, and I hear that when people break up, you know, like, oh, things were so much better when we met. Like, that's almost impossible to keep. Because like you you're said, not frozen like a, in time. It's like a, a, she yeah. said the way she described it was like a drug, right? Yeah. So that's something that is sort of there. You have to appreciate it, but it's also fleeting because the relationship evolves into something else. Yes. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yes. Like so, our our expectations are unrealistic, meaning that feeling. And I feel like there's a lot of people that feel one way in the beginning of a relationship, right? And it was great. Then that goes away, and they're like, oh, but I want that again. So they find that with someone else instead of realizing that, well, you just entered the next phase of that relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then how do you huh. maximize that next phase? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what you're describing is, uh, you know, again, like people think of their relationship as an Amazon Prime purchase. You know, use once and destroy. Use once and get rid of it. Use once because people want to maintain perhaps what you were talking about, that that on love, mm-hmm. uh, drug, you know, drug feeling. Um, but maybe that 
is our not necessarily unrealistic expectation, um, but maybe that is our lack of discipline. What we had first came in with <laughs> discipline. I, I wonder sometimes though. Uh, how much vanity has to do with it? And I say that because, you know, you've been married 22 years, but you're beautiful. I can't imagine you've been oh, ma married you. 22 years because I don't, I can't, I I'm trying that. to do the math. I'm like, when the fuck did you get married? Yeah. When she was a teenager? Hashtag, this is 46. 46? Yeah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. All right, well, that, I was going to say. That vanity has to go both ways. I think, but I'm though. saying if very, she's putting in that effort. I guarantee your, your guy is probably an in shape, handsome guy. My, my husband's 51 and he is in, so handsome, but what makes him handsome isn't his physical shell. You know, I see beyond that now. That doesn't even, I look at him and I still, I'm like, wow. Is he Mr. Nicolino? He's, no, no, he's Mr. Johnson. I'm, oh, I, I don't oh, give Mr. up my name Mr. for, Johnson. yeah, I don't give up my name for, <laughs> why for did, <laughs> that's such an archaic thing Why to do you do. call him Mr. Johnson? Because <laughs> it's his last name. Oh, oh, I, got oh, oh. <laughs> I thought that was the key and to that this. Too. And that too, and that too. Mr. Johnson. <laughs> No, no, but, I, but I, I do wonder, though, that, you know, it's easier said than done when, you know, you're 46 and yeah. could very well pass for like 30-ish. Oh, so, you're the best. No, but the truth, that's, that's the truth. I'm not, I'm not kissing your ass. It's the truth. It helps. If, if, when, if someone does let themselves go in a relationship, how do you, how do you deal with that? Because that seems to be the case for a lot of friends or people mm -hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look. Do you I, encourage your, the people you deal with and, and you, I guess your clients, do you tell yeah. them, what's the polite way to say, because we get this feedback all the time, like, you know, my wife isn't the same as she used to be, or women saying, you know, my husband put on uh, a bunch of weight and I don't know how to tell them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is a conversation um, that is important to have because it's about what is important to you. Right. As, mm -hmm. Like if you feel that your partner is an extension of you and that it reflects on you, what she or he looks like, um, then that's a conversation that you have to have before you're in a relationship. I do think that those uh, ideas, those beliefs and those attitudes need to be put on the table before you enter into a relationship or a marriage. And let me tell you, I'll give you an example. 22 years ago, I said to my husband, would you love me if I were 300 pounds? And he said, I would love you, but I would run on the treadmill with you because it wouldn't be healthy. That's a romantic answer. Because my I, answer would have been no. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. V. But again, show. it's about like it would be about my health. Yes, right? yes. So so if your partner is overweight or out of shape, fuck what they look like. You want them to be mm -hmm. around forever. That is true. Marriage boot camp, reality stars, Dr. V is here. I want to go over some more of the bad advice, but I do have a question. Yeah, so do I. All right, you go first. Social media, how, how do we balance this and how do we not let it affect our, not only relationships with our significant others, mm -hmm. but like, you know, our kids, it's, it's sort of getting in the middle of, of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, we're scrolling, looking at other random butt cheeks all day. That, that has how, to, how that old has are to your warp. Kids? your mind a little bit my i have a nine-year-old daughter okay um is she on social media yeah she, well no not on, not okay. on social media so but she's playing on apps and things like that but, she understands it but let me tell you i think that we're seeing a a a new generation of people who don't give a shit about social media i have a not i have a 10 and a 12 year old they don't care my sons don't care about that they don't care it's us like right. you came at a time Huh. Of our generation, but they do see our behavior, and you know, monkey see, monkey do. Mm -hmm. They 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 know that there's something intriguing about the phone mm -hmm. and screen time and things like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I I hear what you're saying, and I think it's about be again. You keep going back. I'm glad you brought up discipline. It's going back mm -hmm. to limiting your 
your your your usage. And saying no. So 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 you know what? When when I used to wake up in the morning, I used to check all of my emails. Then I'd go to my Instagram. Then I'd go to my Twitter. Then I'd go to my Facebook. Then I, I it's a whole nother job. It's a whole mm. nother job. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do that in the morning. I'm not. I'm gonna get up like a person, like a human being. Hmm. I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna <laughs> see my kids. I'm gonna make breakfast. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do and connect with the world. You're the second person that said that on our show. What in the last few weeks, right? Yeah. So yeah. And, and, something and, and, to be, and something, something to be, said something about to be it. investigated because I feel like I do wake up and I start looking at news alerts, start looking at apps. I've you know scrolling oh, through social media. Dude, our job sort of revolves around yeah, that. But, true. but yeah, I'm sure that's what everybody it's, sort of it, does. It's true. Yeah. However, you're allowed ten minutes. Of, of of time to wake up. Yeah. That is such an important moment of your days, by the way. Mm-hmm. Such an important moment in, in human brain activity are the moments that you are waking up. Please, you know, don't allow your psyche to become a psychological toxic waste dump. Realize what you're putting in there. That's all. Okay, I'm done. Off the soapbox. I just don't think the social media is helping relationships because, again, I agree. It, it, it's just exploring, giving people more options to explore you know, women are, are getting their heads blown up, you know, thousands of times a day by creepy dudes who are, you know, feeding them lines. You're, you're, it's just not doing anything positive, I don't think, half the time. The, the, the people don't realize that the positivity that you get and the negativity that you get isn't real. Yeah. It isn't real. That There's is shouts true. in the dark. There's shouts in the dark. They're, they're not real. So what they are doing is tapping into our own, uh, our private insecurities, things that we need personally. So it becomes very addictive. And there's some literature that believes that social media um, sets out little drops of dopamine. Again, it's a a theory, it's been tested. They actually thought it actually did. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a theory that it, it just shoots out little you know things of dopamine so it's like a, again right we're on, on a drug we're on it so there's so many things in the world to be addicted to because we're all trying to cope right addictions come from we're trying to cope social media is one of them well the reason i brought that up too is how many relationships are at the point now where it's the man and the woman in the same room and they're both looking at phones yeah, like two you know, assholes. Two idiots. Yeah. Like yeah. Barely Put your phone attention. down. Right. Like two 2018 assholes. And how Put, is that? Yeah. A, how is that making the relationship any better? It isn't. It isn't. You know, so. So, so, so couples need to really. Uh, I mean, again, what works for people? If it works for you, it works for you. I have seen that social media phone activity while you're in the room together doesn't work for people. So. That's that. You're, you're Let right. me ask you this, because you do the marriage boot camp, obviously, season eleven. DJ Polly D. DJ Polly D's on, and a bunch of other, uh, yeah. bunch of other celebs. When you look at when you look at the big picture of of marriage now, mm-hmm. when you involve kids, what's the, what's the whole current day stance on stay together for the kids? Mm-hmm. Is that is that ever a good idea? Is that the ba- is that a bad idea? Is it do should if you have kids, should there be an extra level of trying to make it work? Mm-hmm. You know, it's about are you able to co-parent? You know, the kids need to have functioning, stable parents. So if one or both parents are not functioning at optimal level to be a good parent, then it is time to step out of that relationship. 
Hmm. Um, That's a good one. So, so, and then once you're out of that relationship, you know, just because you, mm-hmm. you, you, you didn't stay together didn't mean you did your kids a favor, you know, or yourself. So the idea would be that you would be able to co-parent as, as friends, as people who actually are taking care of children that they brought into the world. So it's not just about how you behave in the marriage like should you stay but it's also once you leave like how like how are you parenting once you step out like if you're doing the same bullshit that you did in the marriage that you're doing outside of the marriage kids don't benefit yeah it's a good point uh let's go to mark in colorado everyone's favorite swinger from colorado let's go you're out with dr (laughs) venus niclino aka dr v what's up mark i just want her synopsis of swinging Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you swing with a partner? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And, and and how do you both feel about it? She enjoys it. I enjoy it. There you go. And that's, as you said before, as long as... As long as I don't hurt anybody, and if, if it feels right for the both of you, Is this God one bless of those you. things where, are there more uh, agreements and understandings than meets the eye, and people Absolutely. are just starting to admit it and be open with it, but we... Absolutely. Are going to get to a point where it's like everybody sort of does this, no, abs- or we'll get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. It's like one of those things when in high school or college when you're like, wait a minute, everyone sort of smoke, everyone smokes weed, or everyone drinks. No, it so, yeah. starts off with wait, everybody jerks off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, our parent, everybody smokes weed, and then we're going to get to the point where it's like, wait, everybody's like, got this understanding where yeah. we're a family, but you're fucking someone else. Mm. You know, like or, or some sort of or swinging yeah. thing, mm-hmm. or like some sort mm-hmm. of agreement. Mm-hmm. I mean. Look, it depends on the end goal. If you're looking to spend a lifetime with your partner and you're happy and you have a functioning family and yet one person or both, think of what you will need over a lifetime and think about what we expect from marriage. We expect one person to give our be our every need. The dog walker, the parent, your comrade, your friend, your lover, a travel mate. We expect them to be everything photographer and, 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 and guess w- women what women want their yeah. men to be their photographer and and ba- <laughs> and bag holder and bag holder, bag holder yeah. um and by the way till death do you part right till damn, death damn i yeah. mean think about what that why would says. a man invent that because <laughs> they live to 30 yeah that's, that's why <laughs> you're right hey uh dr v i was just looking at some of the feedback yeah. we got um what are your thoughts on is it possible to love two people at the same time you see this on yeah. reality you see this on the bachelor and i know you that one of your couples uh yeah. th- this season is yeah. from the bachelor yeah um it's okay so so neurologically you're only capable of being on love with one person Ooh. because it's an addiction so you're only capable of doing that with one person. Being in love, you can be in love with lots of people because being in love, and we just got done talking about perhaps unrealistic needs or needs over a lifespan of development, um, your needs are going to change. So you can be in love with one person because they perhaps fulfill one need. You can be in love with them because they fulfill another need. Mm-hmm. So you, we have many needs and you can be in love with more than one person. You can be on love and in love. With with I mean there's Ooh. like there's different variations wow. of that right that's, that's and so true. that's what's happening too on social media you're seeing mm-hmm. people on love with people they never even met because they're getting that meanwhile job. they're in love with their girlfriend mean, exactly or boyfriend but, or boyfriend or girlfriend I, I, but they have a but they're exactly. looking at someone on social exactly. media so that you see that happening. 
This is deep stuff, Dr. Dis- you know, it goes back to the first hour. <laughs> Again, discipline, saying no, all those things. But uh, also reading the book, that'll help, right? So, again, yes. it's called Bad Advice because we're getting a ton of it. And she has the antidote, antidote in the book, which is the good advice that you need to keep things going in your relationship and in your love life. I know you have other interviews to do, so you got to bail. But leave us with one more piece of bad advice we could, t- we could, we could take with us. Because okay. you said the first one was people saying... Expectations. expectations. Yeah, expectations. Okay. And and by the way, I just want to go back to that one more time. Like, yeah. Think about how all of your expectations are met. We forget that. Mm-hmm. We only realize our expectation isn't being met when it isn't met. You know, otherwise, like like you expect to be sewn up in surgery, right? You expect to not have roaches in your salad. You and all those expectations get met. Like yeah. you know, markets have expectations, and they're supposed to meet those expectations. The stock market. So just going back to that for a little bit. But another one that I cannot stand is. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. I hate that shit, too. Bullshit. I'm so glad you said that. Thank you so much for Bullshit. saying that. You know why? Because when people do the whole thing like, I'm working on my... And they're doing this whole shut like... Up. I'm working on myself. I'm working yeah, on myself. Just shut up. I hate... I'm wrong. But, but, but why? Please explain. Okay, I mean, so number one, yeah. you can't love anyone until you love yourself. Okay. You can't love anyone until you love yourself. We're going to break it down in two ways. Number one, you were built to love people. So you're going to love people and guess what? Yourself doesn't give a fuck about how you feel about you. It doesn't matter. You're going to love regardless. Mm-hmm. You might not love well. You might suck at it. But guess what? You're going to love. You're going to love. And it doesn't that. matter how so it's you just feel. Not true. It's, it's, not, it's, it's just, just not true. When people are single out of right. a relationship. You, you, but you I know mean, what? I you're right. You hear things yeah. so much that you, you attribute them as, as fact. Like, I, I guess I can't and love yeah. somebody. But yeah. you, you, I got to work on myself before I... You can't love properly, though. You can't love properly if you're a mess. Well, no. Well, here's the thing. Um, you can't love anyone until you love yourself. Okay, well, guess what? Sometimes, sometimes people can teach us how to love ourselves. They can. So you, yeah, okay, so, fair enough. So, 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 yeah. so, and by the way, I, I believe that happened in my own marriage. I believe my husband gave me so much love, I ended up believing that I deserved it. Okay. I, I can take that love. I yep. could lean so into that So it worked the opposite. It, so it actually did the exact it, opposite. Sometimes it does the opposite. And by the way, you cannot love yourself in the way that you would love someone else. So we're being, we're in a society, we're yeah. being pushed, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. But nobody tells you how. You know why? Because it's impossible. Impossible. You you cannot love yourself in the way you would love another person. It's scientifically and biologically impossible to do. So people have this idea of love myself, love myself, love myself. Okay, well how do well, well, how do I do? That? I don't know. Rich, what does that lo- Rich mean? loves himself. He, he I don't know. I do love myself. He loves himself a lot. <laughs> But I love others very much. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Dr. Hey, v. Dr. V was a pleasure. Oh, and thanks I, for you having know, me. came in smelling great with great advice and <laughs> you, your soothing voice. Thumbs you up. You guys are the best. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Fridays, 9 p.m. on WE TV. And uh, we'll be back in a second on Cavino. Cavino and Rich, best of the week. Only on Faction Talk 103. Penelope hits us up on the Carl Page Cavino and Rich listeners. Shout out to you. Friend the need. My husband and my father do not get along, right to the point. Oh. Mostly at the doing of my father because he's very particular on how to behave in his, quote unquote, his house. Oh, one of those guys. I use the quotation because, well, he doesn't pay the mortgage or the bills. So it's actually my mother's house, but it's a whole other issue. This puts me in an awkward position during the holidays. 
And this is where I want to relate because the holidays are right around the corner. Right? They are. We just celebrated Halloween. I hope everybody had a yeah. happy Halloween. Hope happy. everyone enjoyed their trick or treats. But happy. now we focus on Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything else. Happy, uh, yeah, happy launch day of Christmas music. Exactly. Sirius XM launched their Christmas channels today. So now you got to start planning. This puts this woman, Penelope, in an awkward position because the holidays are coming up. And she says, my parents live four hours away, which means traveling to their place with a five-year-old daughter and having to leave my husband behind my home or alone over Christmas is a possibility. Why? Well, because he doesn't get along with her dad. Then you don't go to your parents' house. All right. Well, let me finish the, the email here. All right. Next up. <laughs> next. <laughs> Richard has spoken. Long live the Davis. <laughs> I, I don't get I mean. She's going to fucking go to her parents' house with the kid and leave the husband behind Rich, because the father-in-law is a piece just, of shit? Rich just next is a uh, topic like a fat girl that walked on the bus on Next, that show on uh, MTV. Could throw back Thursday spot. Next. Thanks. He lost both of his parents about two years ago and you doesn't have any have other family. Next. Which makes me feel awful to next. leave him alone. I don't care. Next. Are you following? Yes. Yes. yes but sorry. my parents would be livid to answer your question, Rich. My parents would be livid if I stayed with my husband and didn't bring their granddaughter to visit during the holidays. Well, get a fucking them, life, uh, grandparents. Them coming to us is also not an option due to my father's stubbornness. How do I resolve this issue, Carls? The holidays are supposed to be about family coming together, not putting up divisive walls. Please help Penelope. By the way, Steve Cavino, great bulge. Love you the most. Keep rocking I out. I don't see that part. You're the best. Penelope. No, 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 bold. No, I haven't Bold right part. Oh, it's not there. Oh, yeah, I see that too. I must have had a personalized version. Oh, of they, this. oh yeah, that's I'm probably what it was. It, I'm looking at it right here. I, I, am I, she must have sent mine directly to me. Just, I don't know. But, no, it just ends with help here. Oh, okay. Uh, please help Penelope. <laughs> I think. So uh, give me the gist because I feel like you weren't paying attention. So I tell was. me. The gist is. Okay. The gist is this woman's married. Yep. Has a five-year-old. Her parents live four hours away. Her father is very particular and stubborn about this is my home, my home, and very particular how people act in his house, which means her husband and father don't get along. The husband's not going to go there for Christmas. So now she's trying to navigate the holidays with a stubborn dad, a stubborn husband, a five-year-old, and a four-hour time difference, a four-hour drive. Parents would be mad if she didn't visit, and she doesn't want to leave her husband alone because his parents just died and shit. Know what so, I say? Know what I say? Yeah, give it. Tell us, King I, Rich. I say Next. to that person's parents. Next problem. To the parents. To the parents. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Family is supposed to be about coming together. You say f you fart on the parents. Well, what's her family? Her family. I mean, yeah. her parents are still her parents, though. I, I yeah, but they're the ones that your family. Like, yes, yeah, that, that's true. Rich I get it. No, I get it. That's her family now. When you do get married and you have a child, especially. Your family is your so the kids family. not gonna be the kids not gonna be around their dad for the holidays because because the uh, grandpa's a stubborn piece of shit. I say say I this girl says to her parents, She's hey mom, hey down. dad, uh, you're not gonna come by me because you're stubborn and you're 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 the problem. It's you. Yeah, but everything you're saying is much easier said than done. What are you gonna tell? She's not gonna say it to her parents. You know what needs, you know what needs to they happen? They know. They know their ways. You know they know how they are. To happen in this situation. I don't know. This the fucking God, the husband needs to put his foot down. Yeah. Let me give you the husband needs to put his foot down. And be like, yo, next holidays, we're here. 
Me, you, and our kid. Tell your parents to suck my no, dick. Actually, have an unhappy wife because she's not spending it with her parents. Then, and her then, who cares? Her parents are the problem. Here's what needs to happen. And this is the this is the easier said than done solution. Nothing's easier said than done if you have a ball sack. Uh, that's exactly what I'm going to say. The say guy, Bozak. Bozak no, sounds the really guy, Bozak. Bozak. I think the guy. Uh, wolf bait. I think the husband, the father, the dad. <laughs> the, not the not her father, but the guy. <laughs> yes. Needs to call her in her parents, his in laws, her his actually father in law, and say, "Hey, listen, appreciate the invite, but." We're staying here. This is my family. I think I honestly think her father will respect him more. I don't think you any. think that the husband yes. should call the father. Yes, oh, I think right. he's like overstepping more? the relationship of daughter father. Fuck. They have a five year old. They have a five year old. He's been in the picture for quite a long time. If now. I was the dad, if I was the dad in this scenario, I'd be like, "Yo, get off the phone. Put my daughter on. I'm gonna I'm talk pull, to you. I'm gonna play Sublime." Because that's the wrong way no. to handle a situation. Yeah. <laughs> you just got burned. That's Dr. V. She How Spot would handle this, it's the wrong way. Yeah! I'm telling you, respect. That was the first time I, pu- that was the first time I pulled out Sublime for, uh, for a music reference. So, a Spot, you think that you would get on the phone with The Edge, your father-in-law. Who looks like a member of you, too. Who looks like The Edge. <laughs> You'd get on the phone with The Edge and be like, listen, The Edge. I don't like how things are rolling, and Kristen's spending the holidays with me, yeah. her husband. Yeah, I get, yeah, get a, to get a, a way to make things worse. Get a nut sack. Like, go on tour with you too. I'm I'm keeping your uh, daughter here. I don't know if get that a, would make things better. Why don't you? Yeah, grab I'd, be, a, I'd be putting your foot down for sure. Why don't you grab a fucking grab a hold of your balls and uh, make a decision? I think that's the uh, the wife's sort of foot down to be had right here. Well, she's this, the one in the middle. This girl Penelope is a piece of shit wife. I'm just leaving it there. Why? That's kind of a bold stance. If she is going to leave her husband behind because her parents are stubborn, yo, are you who who are you a teammate with? Your husband or your parents? Get a life. Get a life, in-laws. Get a life, daughters. Do you think if, if my wife chose? Did you, by the way, highlight the the point in this email as well? He just lost his parents, both of them. Yeah. The guy, the the, the her husband. Ugh. Well, know what I say to this? If this, I can't imagine. Oh, oh, so he has oh, no family yo, to go to. As Stanley T would say, our old friend from Hitswan that we haven't talked to in like years. As Stanley T would say, picture that. Picture that. Picture your wife. Uh, this is, come from a reasonable point it's of view. It's not Penelope's fault. The other two men in this scenario are jerk offs. Because why can't everybody just get along and not no, be but, a jerk but off? But what I'm saying is, everybody's picture, an asshole. And, and, and they're making her life difficult. Picture this. Picture, I'm talking all the guys out there. Imagine if your wife said, yeah, I'm not going to spend the holidays with you, and you're not going to be able to see your kid on Christmas because, uh, you, like, a stubborn relative of mine, I choose over you. Yeah, but what sort of controlling husband doesn't also want his wife to see her family if she wants to? Like, yeah, I don't want to keep you away from your parents. How about telling her dad and her husband to fucking grow up? I'm with you, Rocket yeah, Dog. That, they, yeah, she's the one in the middle. You're saying she's terrible. How about they fucking stop being lame? Life. People need to get along. People are so worried about who's bothering who. Fuck you. You're making life more difficult. Get along with people. Stop being a jerk off. Yeah, you can't get along with somebody for a few hours. You know, my dad would always say that. You mean to tell me she can't get along with, with your mother for two hours? Fuck it in.
Life's yeah, two hours? Bullshit. Her husband can't get along with her asshole dad for two hours while they fucking eat a turkey? I always thought that about your ex. I always wondered that. I'm just, I'm not, it's not about my ex, bro. I'm just saying, you know, these are things no, about... No, it's, it's, it's the same situation. Yeah, like you, you can't suck it up for, for that person. Suck it up for Penelope. Stop being jerk-offs. Everybody's a jerk-off. It's not about you. This is Pasadena, California, who, by the way, I like this answer. Have Christmas at your house. Invite the parents... If they don't come, they don't see their grandkids. That's the simple what answer. Can't, what if they can't travel? They can. No, they can travel, Spot. You know what the, what the crazy part is? We always talk about this, too. Did she address that? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, she said they don't want to travel because they're stubborn. Come on. Yeah, they they coming them coming to us is also not an option due to my father's stubbornness. Well, then fucking get a life, old guy. Get a life. Old man, I don't get it, man. I don't get why people accommodate the room. No, because why people accommodate get stuck the in their ways. Co- but why I, I can see my dad being, I ain't going to celebrate your place because that, because that, that there's a central. No, 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 Let me tell you, Christmas at Rich's house is not you. the same at Christmas at the parents' house. Okay, it's a much different thing. They're they're the matriarch and patriarch probably of the family. You know, although you do provide a great Christmas, Rich, Christmas with Greg. Does mean a little more. Hiya, Greg. So you can't downplay that. Yeah. You true. think Christmas at your apartment is more special than at, at home with Greg? Yeah, Greg. Oh, look at the eggnog I made. Greg. Greg went his, all out. He has his post-its with questions and games prepared. However, he, my dad tried to entice. He has his drinks. Him. He wants you to be there at a certain time. Greg tried to entice. Saying that, uh, oh, Christmas playing Ice? Bing Crosby's fan, his uh, famous Christmas album all day. If I if I ever come back to the East Coast, I could have Christmas. I was like, wow. ooh, Rich, I'll tell you, if you ever move back, by the way, my in laws throw out those entice, enticing things the same time, same way. If you ever come back here, they're like, you could have this. Christmas, eh? Yeah, but the Christmas with the younger family isn't as as them having kids make it special. But if you really want to feel that Christmas vibe again, you go visit the grandparents. I love Tarawanda. New York. Jen, who always hits us up. What do you have, Tourette's? Who cares about Tarawanda? <laughs> I'm so sick right now. I love Tarawanda. I love Tarawanda. That's um, it. Next, next said, subject. Uh, Jen said, uh, oh, my God, I, I, I want to bang my head against the wall just to make the pain go away. Um, no fucking way. This is from Jen in Tarawanda. No fucking way would I go to my parents' house on Christmas and leave my husband at home. F that. This father sounds nuts. Do you see what she's saying? She's- they both sound like jerk-offs, to be honest. She's got to have her husband's back, says Drew Mack, the handsome. Christmas needs to be spent to family. The kid, the five-year-old has to be with mom That's and dad. That's what she's trying to do. It's not Penelope's fault. She wants to spend it with family, everybody together. It's the two men in this scenario, which is odd because it's usually the women, that are making this a nightmare for her. They're the jerk-offs. She wants to spend it with family. Family meaning everybody, not just your boring little fucking uh, circle of family. Let's say what's up to Paul. Uh, actually, no, go to Michael in Texas. First. Paul's got something else. What's up, Paul? Uh, Michael. Uh, hey, hey, guys. Uh, and you guys are getting pretty close hitting the nail on the head. I have almost the exact same situation, but with reverse genders. My wife does not get along with my kind of mother-in-law. Yeah, that's usually I've the been case. Home for Christmas and, yeah, I haven't been home for Christmas in 14 years because 
I mean, whoever my dad's having sex with has nothing to do with, you know, who I care about spending Christmas with. Right. Right. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, like, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a miserable holiday for everybody involved because the, you know, the other, and honestly, in my situation, the other person's the unreasonable one. So, I mean, it's. Now you you got you to you you pick your spouse. Uh, you're saying it's your stepmom and your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you can't you, you you can't crap on your spouse for someone that you see once a year. Yeah. Well, who's the real problem? By the way, by the way if there's still, a way to really figure out the real problem. It doesn't matter. You gotta ask. Like, listen to reason. Shh. And there's nothing you I'm can do. I'm listening to reason. You know, because it's all easier said than done. Because I've had these problems, right? You don't think that the conversation was had, like, hey, can you just not be a jerk off? Of course the conversation was had. But you can't change people. Yeah, I, do, I mean, I do that, love... honestly, that's... Oh, God, I'm sorry. I was just saying, that's that's our biggest problem is uh, uh, my, my like I said, kind of stepmom took, a, uh, took offense to something my wife did over a decade ago and will not let go of it. Oh, can, what, you us, what, can you yeah, tell what us what it was? Yeah, please. Oh, what was? Uh, well, if I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, I grew up as kind of hillbilly trailer trash, and my wife was not all about that life when we went to visit when my daughter was two. Right. And it was a kind of don't let my kid crawl around on the floor of a trailer where dogs creeps mud in and out kind of deal. Yeah, and re- uh, reasonable. My my yeah, she she thought that my wife was looking down on her because her house is house is filthy. She just didn't want my kid crawling around on the ground where there's fucking and, dirt. You know, I could see both sides, but you know what? Your wife wins. Tell your fucking mom to yeah. to, to to you know oh. clean the house, buy some resolve, oh, no, my, and vacuum a little bit. Buy some like resolve. I, I get it. I hey, dude, I get it. I get how your mom was offended too. I do. But you know, your yeah. your wife was right. Yeah. The baby shouldn't be fucking yeah. rolling, rolling around where the dogs uh Taking shit kids. and rub their ass. Okay, so thank yeah, you, buddy. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad people are backing yeah, me up. Not a problem. Man. You guys have a good day. Thanks, man. I'm Thanks, glad Mike. people are backing me up. Uh, Team Rich, that's from Franz. Uh, I'm with you, Rich. I agree with you, Dickie. Who cares? She has her own family now. Husband, wife, five-year-old. That comes before visiting stubborn father-in-law. It's not even father-in-law. It's father. 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 Her father. Her parents. Yeah. Her family. He doesn't have family. I think the shittiest person in this, situ- in this situation is the, is the woman. Why? Why? She needs to put her fucking shit down. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change her father's stubbornness and her husband's desire to go. I know. I'm not going to, you know, not oh. sound like a dick, but like Sarah and my dad get along great. Like they're like, oh, they love bitchy. each other. But Sarah. if my, but if Sarah and my dad didn't love each other, no offense, dad, I take my wife's side. Yeah. No, it's true. Like I, I love the, the fact that they get along is fantastic. It makes life easy. The fact that my dad and Sarah... Have drinks, relax, joke around at the holidays, have a good time together. They really enjoy each other's company. If they didn't, dad would come in second place to my wife. Sorry, dad. Well, here's the answer, and this is always what I had to rationalize in my own brain. I'm not going to sleep with mom and dad anymore, so I'm going to have to make things right at home. So that's really where the mindset comes from. Yeah. Hey, well, well, dad, I know you're stubborn and whatever, and I'm sorry about that, but I got to really stay asleep with this guy if I want to keep my family together. So I'm going to have to have his side. So I, I see what you're saying. Penelope has and to like, stick by her dude, but it's unfortunate for her because she just wants everybody to get together, and which just, is not wrong. Is is did the did the father say that he didn't want him coming over? Like, is it is pride getting involved with the men? Is that it? Pretty like, much, it seems. Like neither of them want to do it because of the other person. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. It's, it's a, I, I'm sure this happens often, but because 
more so than ever, more so than this scenario, women do this to men and like, put them I've, in the middle. I've discussed this on the show, so I don't care about talking about it. But like my my sister's ex husband, no one liked him. Zoinks. My, my mother especially. <laughs> Did and you just talk to Zoinks? Yeah. Oh no, different guy. I'm sorry. What? Zoinks. Oh, different guy. <laughs> yeah, Rich just had Scooby Doo Tourette's. Zoinks. <laughs> That's, well, your well, your sister's ex husband. Let's not go down that road. Your sister's ex husband um, was like a sloppy slob that your brother like, hated. Didn't your brother like like grab him by the neck or something? No, that's different guy. Different guy. Yeah, that guy was uh, a stunad. Student, yeah, but uh, no, like you know, it was my a mother. <laughs> my mother, like before they got married, my mother made it clear, like I don't like you. You're, I don't like you for my daughter. <laughs> you know, but they never got along. Yet we still did holidays together. And my mother, you know, is very strong. Is uh, your mother where you get your spiteful tendencies oh, yeah. from? Oh yeah. Um, but you know, she puts it aside because she likes wants the family to be together. Right. So I don't understand why these people can't just like chew their tongues and whatever there is being said right. for if, dinner. If stubborn just... asshole dad wants his daughter and his grandkids to visit on Christmas, he has to put his pride aside and make it comfortable for the husband to want to be there. Like, so I, if anyone's I, wrong, it's the asshole grandfather in this scenario. Like, I agree. I spent a week at my in-laws a couple weeks ago. I probably had like a total of 15 minutes of conversation with my father-in-law. Because he's always off doing something. He's in the basement. He's outside working. He's, you know, he's always. Men are always busy, so this guy isn't going to be spending every waking moment with his father-in-law. Let's go suck it up. Let the let the parents see your kid. Um, you know, you're spending time with your your wife and her family, and just fucking sit back and leave the room if you feel upset. Yeah, why don't you do that? Why don't you celebrate Christmas Day with your with your husband and kid, and then the next day or so go to your parents? So hi, hubby and dad don't get along. Sorry to hear that, Penelope. It's a fucking terrible scenario to be in. Like what you hear? Yeah! Of course you do. Want to hear more? Yes. Tune in to Cavino and Rich live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, and catch them 24-7 on demand with the SiriusXM app. Stream or download now and don't miss a minute of the show. Cavino and Rich on Faction Talk 103.